This week in league, Nate Miles experiences a bout of dreadful deja vu after discovering a mystery substance running down James Graham's legs. New South Wales have officially hit rock bottom, picking reserve graders Michael Jennings and Ben Cray in their side for Origin 1. Corey Parker discovers that graduating from the Benji Marshall School of Goal Kicking isn't as impressive as it sounds. And we'll review all of the action from round 10 of the 2012 NRL season. All that and more this week in Lee. Welcome to episode 87 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. So, let's kick things off. Friday night. Big night. It was. We got to meet a lot of people. We did. Again. Um, I'm trying to think, did we meet any, anybody for the first time? Oh, we met Roy, Roy. Sunborg for the first time. Yes. And our number one Dogs fan as well. Yes. For the first time. Um, was there anyone else that we met for the first time? I can't remember. Uh, so, Bajillion. That was the first time I've ever met true. her. Yeah, true. Uh, oh, she's I, a drunk gronk. But we didn't have the pleasure of meeting a sober... Matt McCarthy because he was drunk by the time I came downstairs. So I'm not sure how he was when you got there, but um Uh Well, he seemed drunk. Yeah. He was carrying on a tool. But thanks everybody who You know came who we out. didn't get to see again? Who? Cambo. Cambo? Well Cat. well, yeah, but we've seen Cambo before though. Yeah, and we'd probably be thankful to never see him again. But So don't complain about not seeing him then. He was supposed like to rock up. Said he was gonna be there, didn't rock up. He did cat out and cat. For some, and for someone who um who let's just say he's a uh, a warrior on the keyboard. <laughs> Some would speculate that the uh, cord on his keyboard wouldn't stretch all the way to the Caxton, or to Suncorp for that matter. I mean, he's like, he's a Ali Lautiti of the keyboard. Really? He's a Ruben Wiki of the keyboard. He's a Xena Warrior Princess of the keyboard. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he cut it out, and uh, therefore he now takes the head, the lead in the uh, Cat of the Year competition. He does. Now, now, deposing Ben Cray, at least until Wednesday night. <laughs> and our footballing experience was the better for it. It was. And it was an excellent night. You actually stayed to watch both games completely, didn't you? I did, yes. So you got to see the goodness of, um, of Desi losing. <laughs> Sensational. What a perfect night of football. How did that go down at the uh, Manly post-match function? Oh, Des man. losing. There was, a, there was a big TV there playing that game on, on the Channel 9 telecast as we were going. And uh, there were people you know, looking up on Twitter and stuff and giving score updates. And then we were actually watching it and... Yeah, it went down really well. And when the full-time hooter went, there was a big cheer. Nice. So, yeah, it was sensational. Not that manly people are bitter. No, no, not bitter at all. We just enjoyed enjoy seeing the demise of Desi. That's not through bitterness. It's just something you enjoy. I mean, you know, some people enjoy eating the chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah. I like chocolate cake. Yeah, you like chocolate cake. You get so much chocolate cake, you just never get sick of eating chocolate cake because you love it so much, right? <laughs> it's the same with Desi losing for us. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, Take never, your point. Never get sick of it. When you relate things to chocolate cake, I find it hard to argue. Let's kick off with some news and the first story. Well, the origin sides are announced. New South Wales will go through first. Um, and as they presented it to us alphabetically, Greg Bird, Jamie Bura, Todd Carney, Ben Cray, Robbie Farrar, Paul Gallen, Jared Hayne, Michael Jennings, Luke Lewis, Trent Merrin, Josh Morris, Mitchell Pearce, Brett Stewart, Glenn Stewart, James Tamo, Akuwila Uwate Pate, and T-Rex. So. Well, I think that's a pretty strong side geared to score points. Yep. Good to see Robbie in there. 
from my perspective. Yep. Not an Origin player, apparently. <laughs> Not from New South Wales perspective, but from your perspective. <laughs> Good that you're happy. And given that you are a born and bred New South Wales person, I mean, I guess oh, that's, fuck, why, that's what matters. Let's start that again, shall we? Start what? State traders in decline. Blah, just, blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> State traders in decline. That hashtag hasn't come out at all. No. Ever. I'm but sure guess it's only what? a matter of time. But guess what? You've, just started, you've started it. <laughs> I can deal with that. I can deal with whatever you throw at me. No, it's, not, it's, it's not me. It's not me. I it said, will be you from now on. I said Tigers in decline months ago, and then the shit's just taken a life of its own, <laughs> as you'll see later on in the show. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I'm not 100% happy with the side, to be honest, but I mean, you know. Why? Side, because Mott, what mate didn't get picked? No, because Ben Craig did get picked. Yeah. Um, cool. we'll, we'll cover the what my thing off shortly though um, Greg Bird I'm not a massive fan of him but he, is, he does seem he does perform fairly well at this level Todd Carney his, uh, his uh, redemption is, is complete oh, well yeah. he picks himself mate yeah exactly um, I'm glad to see Jamie Bure in there other people including Manly fans are like you know no but you know Jamie Bure he can cover a lot it must of, have, um, if Bure got picked then Reynolds must have been close then as yeah. far as a bolter goes. You'd think so, but I mean, I guess Bureau can cover more positions. I mean, um, Reynolds can cover a couple of positions like halves, hooker, and that sort of thing, but I mean, Bureau, he can play in the centres. He, you know, he can second cover row, yeah. second row. Yeah, he can, he can cover a lot of positions on the field, pretty much everything except for fullback and prop probably, and wing. Prop, probably. I wouldn't have him at prop. Yeah, we wouldn't have him at prop. He's but, 12. Um, well, yeah, but you know, he could probably come on as like a substitute prop, like, you know, after the rough stuff's settled down a bit <laughs> when Petro's on or some old bugger. Um, Jared Hayne. It's funny, a lot of the media has been like, oh, you know, the woefully out of form Jared Hayne. That motherfucker was a genius in the second half this yeah. weekend. He played, <laughs> he was like, from a super coach perspective, and as his super coach, he had like 25 points at half time, and he turned that into a 120 point game yeah. on super coach. Once again, single handedly pulled me out of shit in three games. See, Jared Hayne in 2009 single handedly carried Parramatta to a grand final appearance. Mm-hmm. And, and he won man of the match from the wing. In origin. Yeah. Yeah. Man could play the game. Yeah. And he does you can't expect him to do that for Parramatta every week exactly. of every season. And you got that other half a million dollar anchor running around in the middle of the field. Which only makes Haynes' job harder. Yep. And he'd done a fairly good job of it on the weekend. If he had a yep. couple of mates. Yeah, and sure, those passes were forward, but we talk about them all the time, those cut-out passes, the no-look ones. <laughs> Benji doesn't know. They're always forward. You get caught You get caught, and they pull back. You don't. It's a try. That's the way it goes. Had to bring Benji into it, didn't you? Well, I mean, they're the two guys that do the no look, the no look cutout pass to the world. wing. It's Benji and it's and it's Hayne. They're pretty much the only two guys that really throw them with any regularity. Right? Would you agree? No. Well, who else yeah, does? Let's move on. Jared Hayne. Do you think he deserved to get picked or not? Yeah, he's done a job before. Queensland always harp on about loyalty and shit, and they pick people that are woefully out of form too. I mean, no one's fucking mentioned anything about Darius Boyd, who's playing like a busted homo this year. Oh, plenty of people did in the lead up to the team being announced. I heard plenty of people saying Darius Boyd. Yeah, New South Wales people. No, not necessarily. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Queensland people. I fully expect him to be picked, though. I haven't seen Queensland people bagging his selection at all. And to be be honest, I think, you know, we'll get to the Queensland side. I I don't think Darius is going to let anyone down. And you know, the fact that he doesn't have the the price tag attached to him that he has at Newcastle and all the expectation, he's just going to be part of a squad doing a job. Yeah, but when you get guys like you get like Nate Moles is in the best form at the moment. Um, He's been going good, and I I sort of disagree with what you're saying about Bird. The games that I've watched of him 
in the last month or so, he's he's been probably close to the Titans' best every week. And yeah, no, I just pretty woeful performances. Yeah, you know, I, I just I just don't I just don't really like him that much. But I, I acknowledge that I mean, at Origin level, he's a tough dude, and and he provides the sort of play that Origin requires. Mm. So like, I don't begrudge his inclusion at all. I mean, the only the only player whose inclusion I begrudge, and this is including Robbie Farah, is Ben Cray. That dude's a cat, proven at Origin level cat. Yes, and yet he still gets picked. I agree. And then so and this is part of my argument about the term X player is an origin player. I just it shouldn't if Ben Cray is an origin player, then there's not a player on earth that isn't an origin player. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. As far as I'm concerned. Um exactly if right. it comes down to toughness and the willingness to not take a backward step and and you know, get involved in the tough stuff and well, when people means, step yeah. to you then, then you're there for the challenge. The way they used that that phrase, it doesn't mean any of those things that you mentioned. It just means someone who's represented at origin level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter right. how well they played. But I'm um, just, uh, yeah. Anyway, and you know, the I don't know if it was a selection of Ben Cray or if it was uh, Jamie Bure that was the beneficiary of uh, apparent injury with Watmo. But I was saying on Twitter at the time, "What the fuck about Watmo?" Because I spoke to him on Friday night after the game, and he said, "No, it's just a burn and all good." And then Ricky Stewart's like, oh, no, I called the coach or you know, I called him and he's injured, he can't train all week. So leading to this this story, just to throw in the middle, Manly have expressed surprise at Anthony Watmo's admission from the New South Wales State of Origin team with coach Jeff Tooby denying the NRL club told Blues mentor Ricky Stewart he was unable to train. Watmo, who's been a regular in the Kangaroo side and consistent origin performer for the last two years, was overlooked by Stewart in favour of St. George Illawarra back row, Ben Cray. Well, there you go, that cat got in. <laughs> over the top of Watmo. At the team announcement on Sunday, Stewart said he made the decision because the shoulder injury sustained by Watmo in Manly's win over Brisbane would prevent him from training the lead-up to next week's Origin Series opener in Brisbane. Uh, sorry, in Melbourne. However, the 28-year-old worked out with the Manly teammates today and Tuvi insists he'll be included in his side to take on the Roosters in the NRL match at Brookvale on Sunday. I've had a chat to Chock and he's disappointed and we're all a bit disappointed for him, Tuvi said. I thought he was one of their best players last year, especially in the last game. Definitely. But we're grateful that he's here with Manly. Um... Did he get man of the match? He would have been close to the man. Well, wouldn't yeah, have been because they lost. So side, yeah. yeah, so he was close to man of the match in yeah, losing to yeah, the team last year, so, in game three. So it's great. Thank you, Tuvi, for vindicating what I was saying because everyone would just go, "Oh, he retired. Fucking, he's injured." No, no, he's not injured. So you lot can fucking suck it. Now let's go on to the Queensland side. It's fairly inflammatory. <laughs> yeah, usually it's you abusing our listeners, but tonight it's me, <laughs> and and probably you as well. But like, yeah, I'll get to that. Queensland, going from uh, position-wise, Billy Slater, Darius Boyd, Greg Inglis, Justin Hodges, Brent Tate, Jonathan Thurston, Cooper Cronk, Matt Scott, Cameron Smith with the captaincy, Big Petro, Sam Thiday, Nate Miles, Ashley Harrison, Interchange, Matt Gillette, Dave Taylor, Ben Hannant, David Shillington, 18th man, Jerry Evans, and shadow player, Dane Nielsen. So I guess that's... If it's Dane Nielsen, then I guess they're assuming that... um, Hodges Hodges might not be right, yeah. Mm. That's probably... As much as he's done the job in the past, and Queensland do tend to um, go with the incumbents more often than not, I was surprised that Ashley Harrison got picked. I thought Matt Gillette might have been thrown in the deep end and chucked in at lock. Corey Parker. Or Corey Parker, of course. Shunned, shunned. No loyalty shunned to Corey Parker. (laughs) CP13, he's crying into his salt and pepper hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's going to supplement his income by being a George Clooney impersonator. (laughs) Well, he can't do it by being a goal kicker. (laughs) <laughs> He's going to be selling those Nespresso fucking coffee machines in no time. But in all seriousness, it's a very strong Queensland looking, strong looking Queensland side. 
um, as you'd expect, given the retirement of Lockie's being the only real disruption, yep. um, as big a, an impact as that going to be. But uh, Thurston's carving up at 5'8 at the moment. Cooper Cronk's in career best form, as is Slater and Smith and um, a number of other guys. Yeah, English as well. Everyone except for Boyd, really. Fairly formidable um, side, as you'd expect. But I think New South Wales have probably indicated that they are going with a different tack this season yet again. But I think it might be a bit closer to the, where they need to be to beat Queensland in the fact that they are going to look to fight fire with fire as far as attack goes. Uh, they've always, you know, picking guys like Bo Scott and people like that in the side. They can't of attack and they're supposed to be defenders. Sorry? Yeah, you guys who can't attack that are supposed to be defenders. Yeah, yeah. it's taken a, a, quite a negative uh, perspective into, into yep. the series with guys like that that are, you know, you're purely just trying to stem the flow of points from Queensland and hope for the best. Exactly. I think this is more New South Wales showing that they're willing to get on the front foot. Um, guys like Hayne, um, Robbie, Carney and Pierce in particular, but also Uate and those sorts of guys very much attacking flamboyant sort of players. And they probably have Queensland for, for speed over the whole squad because the other thing that you notice with Queensland is apart from Matt Gillette, who can, you know, try and play centre, he's not a centre, but he can sort of get stuck out there if he has yeah. to be. If they have an injury in the back line, they're in trouble they're in because trouble. it's a very heavy bench. I mean, it's Dave Taylor, Ben Hannett and Shillington. Sure, well, so, Dave Taylor's a winger. Well, yeah, I mean, he's fat touchy. I mean, like, so he'll grab a flag if one of those guys <laughs> goes down. But, <laughs> but, but, if they, but if they lose like a winger, for example. I think that's a good sign. For New South Wales fans, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think that's a, that's a far more positive outlook that they are looking to say, well, okay, you guys can throw what you like at us, but you're going to have to defend us as well. Yeah. Um, and that's got to be, you know, far far more pleasing than seeing guys like Bo Scott Oh, People definitely. like that out in the centres going, well, if the ball gets to him, where's it go from there, you know? You can't put negative, you know, you, I mean, you can't put negative losing culture players like Dragons players into the side if you can help <laughs> it because otherwise Queensland will win 31 straight seasons series. <laughs> wow, you're your inflammatory best this evening. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even got to the man game yet. I'm on fire. Apparently. Um, now we had some I wish tweets. You were. We did some petrol in a match. We um didn't really have any. Uh, we didn't put the word out for tweets, but a lot of people thought they'd tweet us anyway about the origin sides. So um, I'll just read out. I just collected some of those and uh, we'll read them out. Uh, at Devonhead, he said that uh, after carefully looking over the origin teams, there's only one conclusion: hash maroons in decline. So the hashtag comes out again. Dashing Dan one has said Ray Hadley said Queensland looks stronger in the centre three quarters and wing three quarters and prop three quarters and halves three quarters. <laughs> Ash, rubbish, rubbish league commentator. Uh, we had Lee Woodbridge said, "Wow, Origin team announced, and I'm not sure how much form is getting carried into the series. Let's hope it's not seven straight." We had the real Dale. He said, "I never fully agree with the team, so I'll leave my main concern: lack of props. No Hannon, Siv, or Scott type props." And we've got our Cambos chipped in. That's a valid point, with the exception of Gallon. Yeah, but I mean, Gallon's like a small sort of prop anyway. I mean... Um, yeah, as far as stats goes, meter eaters. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you got, like, you know, you got Tamo. Trent Merrin, he's fucking killing it as well. Yeah, he's going... And, like, last night especially, I mean, when Wayman went down, Trent Merrin was my last player in Supercoach, <laughs> and I needed him, plus 40 points, to beat Luke Lewis and Sam McKendry combined, and it was looking dire. Fucking here comes Trent, Trent Merrin. 90 points. Nice. Legend. Won it for me. Um, and you've got T-Rex as kind of, the, you know, he's a prop-sized dude that, you know, ranging out wide too. So, yeah, they don't have... His New South Wales' <laughs> answer to Dave Taylor. Yeah. So, they would have had, um, you know, I assume Wayman might have, you know, might have been there 
you know, certainly if it, you know, if this strategy had failed. But um, yeah, I mean, they're right. I mean, there's, there isn't like a lot of those sort of Scott type props. But you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, that's yeah. and I actually agree with that tweet 100. I mean, he's probably going to try and beat him with speed. Yeah, and I mean, given and that, that they have that a massive goes bench around the ruck as well. Yeah, and given they've got a massive bench, I mean, fatigue is going to be a problem because there's not going to be a lot of. Uh, I mean, those big guys are going to get tired because. Sure. Yeah, we'll see how they go anyway. Um, and what have we got here? Where was I up to? Cambo ninety six. After four years, finally, New South Wales have their best fullback back on deck, and not Gronks like Gidley, Hayne, and Dugan. Oh, I didn't include Stuart. Um, before when I was saying those attacking, attacking got, yeah. orientated players, and that is that is that is true too. I mean, not I'm not not referring to the inclusion of Stuart, but the um, uninclusion through injury of Gidley. Yeah, Queensland's best player over the last six series. <laughs> um, the Chapo eighty two. Ricky Stewart has to be kidding. Seriously, Jennings, Hayne, and Cray. Yet no room for Dugan, T Sims, or Lawrence. Hash. Ricky has lost the plot. Well, yeah, Tarek Sims. We talk about agree. Cray. How how Sims didn't get picked? Tarek Sims, of course. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I think I think him and him and T Rex might have been a bit of a you know toss up, like one or the other, not both. Could have had T Rex coming off. You could have had T Rex starting and Tarek coming off the bench, yeah. or vice versa. Yeah, you could have. Um, just as far as the aggression goes, you know, yeah. those guys aren't going to take a Tarek in particular. Yeah. Not going to take a backward step to anyone. Yeah. Um, he's certainly not going to backpedal from Justin fucking Hodges. Exactly. Exactly. With his fairy wings on. Um, Dugan, I mean, let's face it, you've got to pick players that are going to survive 80 minutes on the field without getting injured. Simple. He's he's done the job as far as representative games go before and, he, and he's played quite well, but I just... coming So soon after coming back from an injury, I think, uh, you know, it was a big risk. Yeah. And Lawrence, I mean, you know, you'd, you know he could possibly replace Jennings. I mean, but... Jennings, you know, from what I understand, it's more of a, it's not so much form, it's more attitude as, you know, relayed to the coach by senior members of his club side Yeah, that got him sacked. I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll lift the occasion. And really, when you think of centres, I mean, the fact that, you know, Jennings is in the side is probably strictly only because Jamie Lyon is retired from origin football because he'd probably... Well, he would have been, other than Gallon, he would have been the first bloke pick. First bloke pick and, and potential captain. Of the side, really, but um, I'm glad he's playing for Manly. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about the Origin sides at the moment? I'm looking forward to the series. I'm looking forward to New South Wales going in with a more positive outlook and and trying to take it to Queensland. And and I'm interested to see how Queensland respond to that challenge without Lockie and his leadership uh, guiding the way. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the series. All right, next story: Wade McKinnon returning to the Tigers, just seven months after being dumped by the Tigers. Wade McKinnon's in line for a shock return to the club with West set to open negotiations with the fullback for the remainder of the year. In a move which could see problem child Tim Maltzen switch back to the halves, the Sunday Telegraph said that moves are underway for the former Tiger to return to Leichhardt after a stint in the English Super League. I've had some initial discussions with the club, said McKinnon's manager Alan Ganey will explore it further this week. Released from UK Super League club Hull FC earlier this month, where he was coached by Tim Sheen's former assistant Peter Gentle, McKinnon arrived home yesterday looking to revive his NRL career. Having already signed Ray Cashmere following a poor start to the season, the embattled club's recruitment manager Warren McDonald and Ganey discussed the potential return last week. Isn't Warren McDonald doing a cracking fucking job? Oh, sensational. We understand the deal will be minimal, but McKinnon is willing to play after receiving a payout from Hull FC. He certainly wants to be back playing, Ganey said. He also understands there isn't much money going around at this time of year. He's okay with that and will sit down during the week to discuss his future. A McKinnon return would be a band-aid solution for the Tigers' problem at the back with young gun James Tedesco out injured and Molson misfiring at number one. 
And number seven. It <laughs> might be said. Yeah, number anything. He's the best player. He's the best player for St. George this year. That's so. a good point. Um, I didn't really have a problem with uh, Wade McKinnon when he was at the Tigers. I was actually happy when they signed him from the Warriors. Um, and a lot of his performances were quite good for the Tigers. They were just when he did all, play. all too sporadic, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, some dodgy hamstrings. Yep. And do- he didn't. Have, it was a couple of dodgy performances, but mostly he was just injury prone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. They had too many dodgy performances. He was certainly catching fucking bombs. More, <laughs> more than I can say for our current fullback. <laughs> yeah, wingers. <laughs> wingers. Pretty much everyone. <laughs> oh, who knows what's going on with the Tigers? I oh, fucking I, between the teams. You sound like you're giving up, mate. Huh? You sound like you're giving between up. Between the selection policy, the fucking performances they're putting together on the field, and, and some of the recruitment, I'll tell you. Remember our time we had a great time at the Manly Function. All the Manly people they took you in. Yeah, Might be time for a change. Thanks for giving me more work editing. I try and t- I try and tone down the amount of times I say so I don't have to edit it out. <laughs> but twenty one minutes and six seconds. All right. <laughs> so yeah. I feel for, I feel for you, yeah. You know, I feel for the, you, them doing this to you, and we'll get more into their uh, their sensational selection and, and, and crazy ideas later Look, on in the show. The main thing is Adam Blair's inside. It's all I care about. Yeah, the revelation of never, pretty much. Has he even played? Has he played this year? I haven't heard his name called out once. <laughs> okay, have you got any more news stories? Yeah, shit, yeah, I got tons. Cool. Sensational USA Origin matches are back on the agenda. The prospect of State of Origin returning to the US has moved a step closer after the American National Rugby League announced a partnership with Los Angeles sport and entertainment giant Grand Prix Rugby. The company, which has a similar arrangement with USA Rugby, was a driving force behind Las Vegas becoming a venue on the International Rugby Union 7th Circus and is keen to lure major rugby league events to the US. Moves are afoot for the US to revive the World 7th tournament that was played annually in Sydney and host an expanded World Club Challenge, but AMNRL boss David New said the long-term goal was origin. That is high-end and something we want to shoot for down the line, you said, from Hawaii, where the US Tomahawks played Tonga. Right now, we're focusing on what we can feel, reach, and touch with this partnership, but that is certainly a grand vision, and it would make a bold statement about rugby league in the US and to the rest of the world. The State of Origin match was played at Long Beach, California in 1987. Grand Prix rugby champion Alan Rothenberg, a key figure in the US's successful bid the hopes in 1994 Football World Cup, and a former NBA and US Olympics official, said his company supported the AMNRL's ambitious plans. So, interesting. Road trip. Yeah, and they're talking about a Champions League concept between the top NRL and Super League teams. Um, Russell Crowe outlined that a year and a half ago. Um, the founder of Grand Prix Rugby, Richard Tatham, described Crowe as Rugby League's number one fan and said, who wouldn't want to team up with Russell Crowe? A subcommittee, including ARL Commission Chief Executive David Gallup, South Boss Shane Richardson, St. George Peter Doust, was formed at the end of this month's International Federation meeting, which was attended by New, to consider an expanded World Club challenge. So these moves I know of a hotel concierge wouldn't be too keen to hook up with Russell Crowe. Yeah, and if, there was a, and, you know, and if, the, if teams like the Titans could get in as well, you know, you'd have, they'd have Nate Miles to contend with, Russell Crowe throwing phones, <laughs> Nate Miles splatter in the hallways, Fuck. Todd Carney in there, <laughs> just getting blind. Jesus. <laughs> Rugby league takes over America. It'd be all happening. Um, look, I'm all for this concept. I am too. Um, if Mainly because I want to go over to watch a rugby league game in the United States. In, in Vegas. In Vegas. <laughs> and if we planned it right and it was the right time of year, we could catch them at USC. Exactly. Well, I mean, there's always USC's going in Vegas. I mean, it's only a matter of time before ESPN picks us up. Exactly. Correspondence. Exactly. 
You'd have to keep swearing, though. <laughs> they have to keep it going. They just go, oh, those Aussies. That's crazy Aussies. That's crazy Aussies. They're wild down there. They come from convicts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't control the Aussies. <laughs> I think it's great. I like what David knew he's doing um, with the game over there. He's got his work cut out for him. Um, Americans are very insular as far as their sporting tastes go. Yeah. They're like Melbourne. They like, are. In terms of the fact Only that they'll go a really to a once-off. They'll go to like a once-off thing. Like yes. that origin in Long Beach. They'll go there like it's a once-off novelty thing. So that's why the World Sevens thing is a great idea because they, they'll go to that. Like if they glitz it up enough, you know. I agree. And a World Club Challenge, that's right up America's alley. Yeah. But you can only invite like very small section of the world. Mm-hmm. Which Australia, England, throw a couple of US clubs in there for novelty. Yeah. Get some of their supporters there. They'd get beaten 188 nil. Yeah, Americans, Americans don't like to see that. Yeah. Then there's that whole running up the score. Well, shit. maybe they'd beat some of the English teams. Because <laughs> they'd be known to be a shit house. Oh, I, I think it's a great concept. I would love to see Origin over there. And I've long been an advocate of, of Origin being sold to the highest bidder. And I don't necessarily buy into this very selfish view that, you know, New South Wales should have, you know, two games one season, you know, one series, and Queensland should have two games the next series. I don't care if you play one game in fucking Las Vegas, one game in Hong Kong, and one game in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. If Rugby League reaps financial rewards out the wazoo, I couldn't give a fuck. Watch it on cable. played it on the moon. Yeah. That would be great if they played on the moon. Yeah. It'd give Lottie a lot of extra time to get that judge that bomb coming down to him. It would, but fuck, I still wouldn't back him. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine like someone like Yowie? Oh, fucking jump come above. down. 30 metre jump. <laughs> that should be unreal. Yep, bring it on. Rugby league in America. I love it. Let's kick off the recaps, starting with Friday Night Football, the match of the round, and one of the better matches of the year, I think, overall. I mean, I'm coming from a bias standpoint, so you can give me your perspective as well, but the mighty Manly Seagulls, 24, smashed the Brisbane Broncos, 22. Suncorp Stadium, it was a double-header crowd of just over 40,000 total, all of whom were here to see this game, and then probably half of them dispersed, or maybe three-quarters dispersed uh, when the second game started. Yes. Um, half-time. Manly were just in front, 14-12, and the scoring went as follows. Manly, they had two tries to Wolfman, a try to Matai, and a try to Jamie Lyon. Jamie Lyon was 3-4 of four on the conversions, and he kicked a penalty goal. The Broncos, their 22 points came from a double to Matt Gillette. Further tries to Alex Glenn, Jared Beal, Jack Reed, and Corey Parker. None from four on the conversions. Corey Telling Norman, stat. one from one. Yes, well, Parker's goal-kicking. That's sensational. Big story out of the game. And I mean, let's like the first three were fairly wide out. I mean, they weren't you know they weren't exactly touch line, but they were a couple of them were like they were five meters in, so they weren't the easiest kicks. The one the one that got him hooked was his fourth kick, which was ten meters to the right of the uprights. And I mean, fucking toddler could have kicked it over. Yes. I mean, Benji would have he would have smashed it easily over the black dot. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the very exciting finish to the game with Manly uh, scoring a try in the last minute to take the game. Um, I, I, th- I think that Brisbane paid the price for that. 
um, earlier in the match. They didn't actually adjust to the ground that Matai and other guys were making on their right edge defence. And they just seemed to be carving them up down there. And, and you know, Matai's run that led to the try, even mm-hmm. though it was caught on the other side of the field, Matai made a long run um, down Manley's left side. And, um, you know, that gave them the impetus to to spread the ball wide and Wolfman went over in the corner. Once again, they're just defending too far back on that side. On the Copley in particular. On our right-hand side, yeah. Um, Copley in particular was caught out a number of times. It just seemed like he was 20 metres back. Minutes. I mean, and I don't know, we're not a team that's renowned for scoring off kicks or, any, or you know, or putting early kicks in. Or there's, you know, there's just no reason for it. I mean, no. he just obviously he was spooked after that first try that they scored like in the first couple of minutes. Yeah. And then he sort of was, and it just, you know, you can't give, I mean, once they get, you know, Jamie Lyon on the outside of the second last defender... Yeah, it's, it's game fucking over. game over. He just puts down the afterburners and then just draws the guy and then Wolfman that could finish a try as I well. I think as Jamie Lyon, like, I don't know if people aren't doing their fucking homework on that guy's history, but yeah. that dude is fucking fast. He's deceptively fast because he looks like he looks like he's fat. But I don't know about deceptive because you remember the time when he was at Parramatta. Yeah. Some of the tries he was scoring back then. Yeah. Like. This isn't something that's just started to happen. No, no, this is his whole career. That guy's been running past people his entire football career. I don't, I don't know how people can't plan for that. And, and it just seemed like they were really shocked when, with that last try especially, when um, when Cherry Evans, he threw the, the pass and he threw it out in front of mm. line, so he had to speed up to get it. And when he got it, then he kicked up another gear, and mm. then all of a sudden there was just like one Bronco standing on the line flat-footed. Yeah. There was no chance. Disappointing for the Broncos because they'd worked really hard to um, to come back from from a deficit. Uh, you know, mainly shell shocked them very early on and scored a, a really good try and took the crowd out of the game early on. Um, the crowd was getting that thing where they were starting to turn on the team a little bit and yeah, blow and up at certain players. It, and it just it, just, it always happens at the Broncos though too. Is oh, it, I think not, it's footy crowds in particular. Not, the Broncos seem to do it quite well. But the Bron- but the Broncos. I don't mean turning on. I mean I didn't really see any example of them turning on the on on their own team. But what I saw was the, the Broncos, and it happens every time. They're very they're, they're dead quiet. They'll cheer like crazy when a when a, a try is scored, yeah. or they'll cheer like crazy when like the other team drop a ball or you know something like that. Yeah. But otherwise. Dead silent. Yeah. And it's really noticeable when you're in the manly section Chanting. and we're singing from minute one to minute 80 yeah. non-stop, you know, regardless of how the game's going, you know, the whole time you're there trying to lift the team. So it's and there's not telling. really an element of that. Like, every team has an element of, of like hardcore, fans like yeah. that, right? Um, even the Titans, like, yeah, know, was the, the Legion, Legion guys, guys yeah. down yeah. Those guys don't shut up the whole game. Yeah. But there's not actually an element of that at Broncos games. Yeah, and it don't, I mean, you can't. I can't think of a, a branded... Group of people for the. I mean, what do they call? It? I mean, thoroughbreds. Well, that's that's the, that's the guys the brown paper base, and they do valuable work. I mean, they enable the Broncos to keep all their players. But as far as on-field cheering and stuff, yeah, like a, a, a dedicated supporters group that sit together and make a racket. Even they call them members, I guess. That's about as close as yeah, they get. I suppose. <laughs> they sit there with their lanyards on, you know, drinking their Chardonnays, and <laughs> I don't drink Chardonnay, mate. <laughs> Drinking your shanties. <laughs> and really, even if all the crowd was singing Bronco song, I'm not going to be there singing a Bronco song. But no. I'll wear my lanyard. I'll give you that. <laughs> Only because I don't want to lose my ticket. And give thought, you like 10% off Hogsbury too, as you found out. That was like, magnificent. I never knew that. <laughs> Save Cruzy about 800 bucks. <laughs> I thought Ben Hunt's kicking game was poor throughout. And Brisbane unfortunately missed a lot of opportunities to build pressure as a result of that. Unfortunately, that only makes Peter Wallace's recovery from his injury more paramount because I don't think Corey Norman's going to be able to do all the kicking on his own. No. 
um, that's going to be quite easy to defend against. But, um, you know, in some of the other games he's played in first grade, um, with certainly the, the previous game where he filled in for Wallace, Hunt did a really good job, and his kicking game was much better in that game. I just really think he's more suited at this stage of his career to to being the backup hooker. I think that's yeah. his his spot. Is you know I think I don't think he did. I don't think he did anything bad kicking wise. He just didn't. You know, didn't just the kicks were good. way off. The, the kicks were off the mark. I wouldn't say way off, but just where you needed things to be a bit more crisp and a bit more pinpoint. Yeah. They were too long too wide, you know, they're yeah. going over the touch line instead of, you know, being yeah. on a guy's chest and things like that. Um, and it, as the game wore on, Corey Norman started to take more and more responsibility and Manly started honing in on him a little bit more. So his kicking game suffered because yeah. he didn't have as much time. So yeah. um, I think despite the loss, Prilsman held their own against the top team in the NRL and they had some really good performance, um, as did Manly. But I, th- I think for Brisbane, Alex Glenn was really good. Um, yep. His goal kicking aside, Corey Parker was was good. Corey, for him Parker, well. Corey Parker was awesome, and this goal kicking thing's going to haunt you from this game because people, you know, they forget. You know, he's he's the guy that put uh, Jack Reed in for his try, yep. and otherwise he was very good. And you know, don't get greedy on the kicks, guys. You missed four goals, but you scored nearly all your tries off kicks. I mean, the kick worked for you pretty well yeah. over the night. A couple of conversions, just don't just forget. Yeah, about you that want shit. to talk about kickers missing goals? Oh, I'm happy to have that conversation. And that was really pleasing for me as well. The fact that the Broncos had to resort to kicks, and some of them were very arsy as well. Um, especially that one with um, who was it? Seventeen kicked that, <laughs> put that kick in in broken play, and put that kick up for Gillette to score the the go ahead try uh, to get him to twenty two. That was Josh McGuire. Yeah, McGuire. That's right. I couldn't remember if it was McGuire or, um, or Anderson. Big show. Yeah. So I mean, some like arsy stuff, and it was really pleasing to me that man, all their tries were constructed beautiful, mm. like running passing tries. There was nothing arsy about it. They were all beautifully worked plays. So um, I think for Manly, they they really showed the grit and fighting qualities that they've. Renowned for and in hanging in, they they really capitalised on what became a go-to play over the course of the game, and and that was get the ball to Matai with a bit of space and an out ball, and yep. um and and that ultimately is what led to they worked on it and they worked on it and it got them the win in the end. Yeah, and for and for all the good work that Matt Gillette did in attack, I mean he he missed Matai for for Matai's try and it was a bad miss on Matai for that long break that led to the winning try I mean so you know he kind of evened the ledger up at the end of the game he um, he was battling a bit of a shoulder problem yep. similar to what I don't know if it was just a burner like Watmo had yep. um, but I don't know if it was a tackle on Watmo or it was another one because you could just see him he sort of had his shoulder his arm down by his side and he sort of was running over towards us yep. and he sort of pointing to his winger saying like nah like you know, to give him the like the I'm throat. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not good. Yeah. Um. You know, not not to make excuses, but I, I think I don't think he was a hundred percent out there either. Yeah. Um. But yeah, good win for Manly. They they hung in there and they got the result. Yeah, and I mean, and I think statistically speaking, the Broncos can't play better. I mean, yeah, they could have done some little things, you know, better, but their completions. I don't have the stats in front of me, but they completed like all but about four of their sets at the most. Like ridiculous completions. They had fifty five percent possession at full time. They had fifty five percent. I mean, they had fifty five percent at half time, but they carried that through to full time as well. Um, I mean, Manly, you know, they dropped the ball three times on their ten meter line. Plus, you know, uh, Brett dropped it again around the forty meter line, and and uh, Liam Foran kicked it out in the full around the forty. Meter. They had ample opportunities to to win the game. Sure. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, it came down to goal kicking. I think. And, yep. And. 
and Manly's defence too. Ex- I mean, like the Broncos, the Broncos, their their main attacking thing was throw big guys at the fringes, and when that doesn't work, go to the kick. And so you know, Manly forced them to do that. Every, you know, and good job. I was very happy. I was fucking, I was very, I was, I was very, very happy. And you can see the telecast. He was also also was happy. Uh, Bob Bob Stevenson, aka Vidmar who you know is the guy that came up and, and punked you and called you cut and acted like he didn't know who you were and that you were actually the real Carl Pilkington at the last yeah. function. You can see on you can see after Manly scored the try, the camera goes to the crowd and he's basically jumped and he just like bear hugged me like and didn't like go for about two minutes. It was hilarious. And um you can see him getting absolutely strangled by this dude. But he didn't yeah, do a very good job because you're still here. I am still here and uh very yeah, very happy. And um the function afterwards was excellent as well. Uh, uh, a person I won't I won't name him. Person and I tried to to um, punk George Rose. <laughs> Did I tell you this story? No. <laughs> we went up to George Rose, and uh, and the person I was with um he said, okay, he got his he got his phone out, and he said, um, George, can we get a picture? And George is like, yeah, yeah, sure. So he goes to get in the picture, and he goes, no, no, can you take a picture of two of us? <laughs> and so so we get in to take a picture, and George is like, yeah, oh yeah, okay. So he gets a bit, and he's like messing with the camera, and he's like, all right, smile. There you go, fellas. We look at the phone. He's flipped the camera and taken a picture of himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's hilarious. And uh, got, got to got a picture with uh, Darcy with the Darcy Army banner, so that was all good too. Nice. Twitter. Barjas Hansen says, Broncos fans have overtaken the Dragons fans as the most uneducated in the league. Congrats. Well, he said congrats at TWI League. So I don't know. He didn't have he's it at the start. He's thanking us for that. So I don't know if he's saying, you know, harsh. look what you did. You made the Broncos fans uneducated. Or if he's just saying congrats. And then that was, because that's the only time he mentioned it. So it had to go to us. So I, I think he's just congratulating the Broncos fans. Um, the Chapo82 said, Channel 9 doesn't deserve the rights to the NRL when they would rather show the block than live footy. Hash fuck Channel 9. Hash 9 in decline. So uh, He's all over that. He loves it. He loves it. Chapo uh, in decline. <laughs> Chapo, Chapo on the rise. He's on the incline with these with these hashtags. TBI, TBI Penguin. Have we heard from TBI Penguin before? I don't know if we have. Maybe Jackson's favourite. Fuck, he loves a penguin, that kid. Yeah. Is Parker seeing if he can get 100 in Supercoach without kicking goals like Gallon? <laughs> <laughs> Sensational. Uh, Devon Head. You can fit all that Suncorp crowd in a garden shed. <laughs> and we did bust that out a few times. I don't know if you can hear it down in your bay. Oh, I heard... It's mumbling. <laughs> we go. Oh, just some funny songs that have come out since the last one too. Uh, ben V One Hardy has Corey Parker been studying at the Benji Marshall School of Goal Kicking? Hash fantasy points in decline. Hash just for men. <laughs> <laughs> Put a rinse through. That it, is Corey. that is sensational, sensational tweeting right there, uh, Ben Hardy. Eddie NZ. How the fuck did Manly fit Corey Parker under their salary cap? <laughs> Mr. Wars, this Here is one. Congrats to me. All I ask as a long-time fan, long in capital, is that you don't talk shit about what was a very lucky win on this week in league. Manly were lucky. Well, no. They constructed the play. There was nothing. They didn't have a single arsy try. Like, nothing like weird broken play, drop ball, anything. They were all brilliantly constructed tries. He was pretty filthy. I didn't see him. He didn't take his medicine. He fucked off real quick. Really? Yeah, I didn't see him after the game, nor did I see Gillian Tate. He who came, also down, left he very came quickly. down and sat next to me through the duration of the uh, Bulldogs game. Oh, so yeah, he didn't, he didn't didn't show up though. I mean, it was very clear where I was after the game. Where were you? 
just right at the entrance of 317. Oh, yeah, I saw you there. You, you would have heard us there because it started off with the three of us there just, and we just started singing thank you very much for hosting the premiers. And then other Manly fans would be filtering out and they'd see us and then they'd walk over and join in. And before too long, we had about 50 people there singing songs. About 100 when I walked by. <laughs> and then about 100, yeah. And then um, then the cops came and sort of just said, like, they didn't move us on, but they were just like, you know, <laughs> maybe we should stand here and just make sure that, you Do know. Do us a favour, guys. <laughs> these Broncos, you're only agitating the locals. <laughs> Go to your fucking function. And we did. Um, Aussie 11198. Corey Parker is missing more conversions than William Hopawade on a Mormon mission. <laughs> Hash Benji-like performance. Hash goal-kicking in decline. GT351 Johns. Impressive by the Broncos. Oh, this most predictable tweet of all time. Impressive by the Broncos. Better team on the night lost. Petey Parker had a Benji-like goal-kicking night. Manly lucky two weeks running. I don't remember us being lucky last week, to be honest. Can, bro. Yeah, I don't think we were lucky. We defended like demons to get to save the game. Cruzy 6 great game by both sides. Got beaten by... Ha- this is one I'm going to need you to explain to me. Great game by both sides. It got beaten by Hash, Manley's block party, and Parker's boot. Hash got it. Okay, Parker's boot. What is Manley's block party? Because the way I is see it... Is that a mad I think? The way I see it... Manly didn't. If Manly had have run a block oh, party, they wouldn't have scored any tries. No, there was there was a lot of evidence of of Manly's blockers running guys off the ball. But when know, they huh? scored their tries easily, uncontested, <laughs> when they put a kick up, no, a lot of <laughs> they literally Matai was there getting out jumped every fucking time. There was no blocking there. If no, there was, they would have scored them. Going on because we it was quite noticeable from our seats. Yeah, I must admit that the way supporters probably- based down the fucking corner, so. Maybe it was down the other end. <laughs> yeah, there was a fair bit going on um, in the yeah in the in the second half when yeah yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to play to the whistle. If it doesn't get called, then keep exactly. Going. Bush lemon. They did not deserve that win at all. Hash fuck manly. <laughs> well, that's fairly uh, repugnant. Yeah, Paraman nineteen seventy three, Manly versus Bronx, a great game of football. Pink pole smokers actually let the football game flow, and that was the result. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> <laughs> and I must admit, it, 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 I'm really liking like not just this game, like across the board, whatever the referees are doing. I don't know if they brief the clubs properly on the play the ball stuff now, but it does seem to be a lot better like last fortnight yep. than it has been all year. Helios. I usually hate teams kicking for touch near full time, but if Brisbane did that instead of kicking it back to Manly, they probably would win. I don't think so because um, we didn't win it as late as people get the impression that we did. We, I mean, we started that set with two minutes left on the clock. I mean, it wasn't like we would have had that set regardless if they kicked it into touch. Um, it's just the fact we scored it just inside the last minute, and then you know the time you're allowed to fuck around and everything with the goal kick, you know, it just it just sucked the rest of the time. Out, yeah. Amanda Rose Long. Clearly, I blame the refs. Linear. She's a Broncos fan, right? She is. Yeah. She's a fer- feral, rabid Broncos <laughs> fan. Rabid. Uh, and uh, Linear says, Tonight's game was rated full hearts. Fact. Give Manly the ball one minute and a two-point deficit and you'll go home sorry. And I have to thank Linear as well for taking care of the uh, Sea Eagles live account for me doing the live updates while I was at the game. Still With a no jerk. reception. Legend. Still a jerk. The second game. Canterbury Bulldogs. 14 defeated... By the Gold Coast Titans, 25. No one saw that shit coming. Um, close game at halftime, six points to four. Let's see who scored the points. Titans, their points came through. Tries to Scott Prince, Mark Minicello, Jamal Idris, Matty Schrama. 
Aiden Caesar got a field goal. Prince was two of three on the conversions. Caesar missed one, but he did get two penalty goals. Canterbury Bulldogs, their points came through a double to Ben Barber. Josh Morris also got a try. Bryson Goodwin, one of three. So, Was it awkward that Idris had perhaps his, his best performance of the season against the Dogs of all teams? Well, you, you know, not awkward. I mean, they When he scored his try, uh, a mate of mine who obviously sits with us, um, also a Broncos season ticket holder, dressed resplendently in his Bulldogs jersey, <laughs> rabid Bulldogs fan. Uh, Idris scored. I looked at him and I went, oh, that's a little awkward, isn't it, mate? <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, he's still fat. <laughs> I said, well, that is a valid point. And you know what? He's right, 100%. Because, really, he scored the try, but, I mean, he did a lot of useless shit, too. <laughs> like, yeah, he's fucking useless this year. He, he sort of uh, it was all downhill from there, but it was a good, strong try, though. It was a good, strong charge. Yep. It's, um, what they, it's what they paid for. They only get yeah, it once they, every they, five weeks. They so. didn't pay for it, yeah, so infrequently. I think the dogs were flat and or complacent in this game, and which is odd that considering their stuttering form to start the season, they really could have used this game to put their best performance together against what should have been a, a you know a lesser opposition for them. But yep. they really didn't take that opportunity. And to their credit, the Titans did show up to play much like they did against the Tigers. And and, and on the back of some really strong captain's knocks from Princey and, and also Bull Bailey, they really closed out the game. And it was a nice bounce back after the loss to the Tigers. So... I was, yep. um, I was fairly impressed with some of the things the, tiger, uh, the, the Titans did um, and fairly unimpressed with the Bulldogs. They just they just couldn't get any real structure to what they were doing and, and couldn't build any pressure. They just kept making errors. They were out of sorts. I mean, like, it was a real cripple fight in the first half, especially towards the like, last 10 yeah, minutes of the first horrible. half, which is like drop ball galore. Titans, though, in the second half, they actually, you know, sort of got their shit together a bit and um, went on with it. And the Bulldogs, yeah. I mean, they scored... They scored the last try in the match. I mean, because it was it, it was about twenty to six at one stage, wasn't it? And they sort of clawed back a little bit before yep. they kicked away with some and penalties Caesar and field goal. Two, pe- two goal, two penalty goals and a field goal. Yeah, just sort of inch them ahead and yep. iced the game. Speaking of Caesar, I think him and Sarama were really great for the Titans. Um, it's good to see young Blake's really starting to make a name for himself. Sarama had a great season last year, and he's he's going on to bigger and better things this year. And Caesar's been thrown in the deep end in a, in a losing team. Um, you know, in a key position, been but he's, their best he's, player almost. Yeah, he's, ever since he started, more than holding his own. As was Reynolds, I think. Um, you know, speaking about the dogs being fairly flat, but I think Reynolds was probably their best. Yep. Certainly outshone Ennis. Yeah, well, he's been he's you know he's been their best almost all season though too. Mm, definitely, Ennis must be really hindered by his injury. Yeah, because he's far from himself. Even like, yeah. you know, he can have a, a quietish game, but still have an impact on the result uh, but he, he's not he's not really even involved in the contest so much at the moment no. um, he must really be hindered by his injury um, yeah Titans surprised everyone they did they shocked the world and made for a perfect night of football Manly winning Desi losing does it get better <laughs> than that no it does not oh we should mention that one of the if not the most hilarious moment of the year the season it's got to be close with fucking James Graham Caking, yes. caking himself in what I thought was pig fat watching the telecast on a small TV. And it could well have been. People but, are only assuming it's Vaseline. Yeah, people are saying it's Vaseline, though. Caking it on ridiculously, almost to the extent where it's like a jar each leg, each thigh. Yeah. And um, Is that how you keep yourself warm in England? Well, no, in England it's like it's a tackle thing as well <laughs> to try and make players, A, slip off you in the tackle and B, because, you know, they're coming around like that, you know, they slip off the tackle and then B, get stuff on their hands and drop the ball. So... If you didn't see it, 
look it up on YouTube. It's fucking hilarious. Nate Miles tackles tackles Graham, and while Graham's face down on the deck, he basically gets one of his legs and just grabs all the Vaseline off his legs and shorts, make sure he's got like literally like a cricket ball in his hand of Vaseline. Then as uh, as Graham gets up to play the ball, he just sort of casually gives him a facial, wipes all the Vaseline off on his face, and then he plays the ball and looks up like, what the fuck has happened there? <laughs> I thought it was one of the, the just fucking just unbelievably funny. I thought it was hilarious, and um and now they've opened up the debate like you know should players be able to do that shit like you know caking the vaso on? Not really in the spirit of the game. Yeah, it's not illegal, but it's definitely not in the spirit of the game, in my opinion. Be interesting to see if they do get the phone call to, to say to cut it out. Yeah, I mean, I remember I don't know if it was a test match or an Origin game or something, but I remember clearly Mal Meninga having the like his quads actually yeah. vassoed up to the max and then wiping the ball on it and then putting it on the key to kick off the start of half or something. Putting, wow. it, on, putting it on a kicking tee. So that's clearly like that's not even like I mean, I'm not saying James Graham was subtle because I mean it looked like he just sat down in a in a deep fryer or something, just pig <laughs> fat all over him. Um but I mean that was that's even worse because I mean you know games are televised and camera when you're kicking off the camera's on you you're the star yeah, of the show man like I mean you're never going to get away with that um, Twitter the Chapo eighty two Idris is a cat dead set hash cream puff superstar hash Titan sinking faster than the Titanic it seems it's an uncharacteristic tweet that one because it really <laughs> while I agree with the sentiment it doesn't really describe how the game went and the Titans in fact won. Um, and the chap, I, I, maybe the, I'm suspecting that perhaps the Chapo 82, he could be a uh, a doggies fan, because then he's come out again uh, a quarter of an hour later and said, "Nice to see all five Titans fans at the game." Hash sad but true. Yeah, but there was a bigger crowd than what it would have been at Skilled. <laughs> yeah, like residual Manly and Broncos <laughs> fans hanging back. Um, Cambo 96, LOL. Jamal Punky Brewster scores against his old club. Hash Desi in decline. Hash fuck Des Hasler. Hash some things money can't buy. Hash bought not bread. Berkeley underscore Eagle. Quick, get the handyman to unscrew the doors at Suncorp. Fuck Des Hasler's coming down. Uh, and Cambo again it's mostly Manly fans Cambo's come back again this could be one of the best nights in rugby league history. Manly beat the Broncos Titans smash the Bulldogs. Hash fuck Des Hasler. Um the Chapo 82's come back again. Fucking Goodwin, hurry up and sign Captain Snooze. At least he can catch. Hash Goodwin in decline. I remember saying <laughs> last season, Bryce and Goodwin could yep. have earned the nickname The Bunker. Yep. Because bombs had no, no effect on him. Yep. No, not this game. What's going on? <laughs> that bunker's been busted. Yeah. 102 Megan. I hate Nate Miles as much as anyone does. Shit, in quotes, player and all. But what he did with the Vaseline was brilliant. GT351 Johns, congratulations Titans, better team won on a night and well-deserved win. Bulldogs need massive improvement against Sharks. Fuck. So I'd like to, whoever was using GT351's Twitter at that time, you know, thanks for putting something gracious out of his Gronk account for once. Three card, a magic trick. Been great knowing you guys. I'm going to drive my car into a brick wall. Lucky I wasn't watching or else I'd be buying a TV. Yeah. Uh, if he drove his car into a brick wall and went through the windscreen landing on his head, Pretty yeah. sure he'd survive. He's got a fucking head like a bowling ball. <laughs> okay, pot. Aussie one 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 nine eight. Really did feel like a Titans home game with all those empty seats. I wouldn't stick around and watch that crap either. Hash zero fans. Harsh. <laughs> People going hard, aren't they? Uh, Garbs nineteen eighty five. A Titans fan. So we found one. I'm as happy as a wet dick. After two long years, I've finally been in attendance of a GC Titans win. 
hash booyah hash it's time and then you cc that to us and choppy saturday super saturday we had the new zealand warriors defeating the sydney roosters 30 points to 26 at mount starts mount smart stadium in front of a crowd of just over 16,000 people the points New Zealand Warriors points came from a double to Sean Johnson, a double to Conrad Hurrell, and one to Big Manu Vatavai. Conversions, James Maloney, 5 of 5, defeating the Roosters, 26 points, which came from tries to the count, Anthony Minicello, Letters, Aidan Guerra, BJ Leilua, and Tautau Moga, who finally made his first grade debut. Monga. Yeah, well, if you listen Moga, if you, Monga, Monga. <laughs> Somebody get it right. Yeah, well, I mean, your mate, your, your mate over on the commentary team, he was you like... You would think if anyone's going to get it right, it's him. He was like, Munga. Munga. <laughs> yeah, Munga. Ta'ai. Um, Mateo. Ta'ta'a <laughs> um, But he's, I mean, he's been sitting on everyone's super coach team at 87.5 for the last, last yeah. fucking 10 weeks, and he's finally got on and scored some points. And he did pretty well. Uh, Brayton Astley, he was 2 of 5 on the penalty goals, and he, sorry, the conversions. Yeah, Corey and Parker, pen- quite tight performance. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Brayton Astley also got one penalty goal. I thought it was a strong performance from the Roosters to hang in to the game when the Warriors looked like they might have been making a charge of their own and running away with it. So, um, the, I haven't really been convinced on the Roosters. I thought they were sort of, you know, a bit of a bottom feeder side, but they've got a bit of ticker. Yeah, they're, no, they're okay this year, I think. The Warriors seem to slowly be finding their way under, under Bluey McLennan. And with his history of, of bringing a team close together as he's done for the Kiwis um, I think it was a Four Nations he won yep. with them that could actually mean a really strong finish to the season for the Warriors they're just slowly building yep. I, th- I think they're still not at their best and they've still got some things to work on but um, you know slowly but surely they seem to be hitting their straps and um, you know maybe he could just be pacing them really well another injury for Jerome Party. He's, he's a Kiwi Brent Tate <laughs> Does it, was he sitting there crying in the, I didn't see any vision of him crying in the I didn't see any vision of him crying but I see he's been hurt again yeah that's again. as close to Brent Tate as you need to get yeah true the poor bastard dislocated knee that that must fucking hurt like I can't even think of what you got to do to make that happen Look, a mate of mine actually um, dislocated his knee and I mate one of the boys at work and I dubbed it the the alphabet knee injury because you do your ACL and your PCL and your fucking MCL like every tendon in his knee dislocated and turned them all around and like he was out of action for like off work in hospital for months Fuck. fixing that shit how do these blacks do it I don't know like he was lucky to get back and actually walk in like yeah. walk properly yeah. let alone Rapati, and I'm not saying Rapati's is 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 as bad as what my mate has done, but holy shit! Yeah, I remember Sean Livingston for the Clippers, totally unrelated to rugby league, but in the NBA, yeah, picked off a uh, a pass and was running up the court and just like went to kick up a gear. Yep, knee just exploded, just like someone shot him with a gun. Just writhing around. Can you imagine the pain you'd yeah. be in, dislocating oh, yeah. your knee and ripping yeah. every tendon? Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> makes, it brings a tear to my eye just thinking about it. Yeah. So certainly wish him all the best and hope he uh, makes a you know, a strong recovery and gets back. Because at his best, he's, um, he's a strong part of that Warriors side and, and you know, a key component out there in the centres. Sean Johnson, the step that he put on to score his try. 
It's, yep. it's a touch footy play and all, but holy shit, that guy's got some feet. Starting to see uh, Sean Johnson come back a little bit because he has been a bit quiet this season. You know, I mean, I guess people are kind of you know they're up there, they're wary of him now, and yeah, they, they there's probably a lot a more tape on him these yeah. days, and and people are making a lot more of a plan as to how to defend against him. But he certainly had his moments this season. But much like the Warriors, he seems to be hitting his straps as well, and maybe it's coincidence, or maybe the two go hand in hand as to why the yeah. Warriors are playing better. Um, but. Without him in this game, I think the Warriors might have been run over by the Roosters. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's just such a talent, and with the forward pack that the Kiwis or that the Warriors have, when they get a roll on and Johnson plays off the back of that, they're an impressive side. Yep. Um, and you know they've got quick outside backs, um, and they've had their share of injuries too. Like you know, yeah. guys like Locke and Fisiahi and those sort of guys being in and out of the side as well. Um, so yeah. They, Seem to be putting it together at the moment, the Warriors, and they look pretty good when they're on song. Yep, and uh, also Hurrell, best game, back in the side, best game he's had. He's a nugget, that dude, yeah. but holy shit, I didn't realise he was that fast. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought he was more of a nugget and meant to be more of a power kind of guy, but he's got some speed on him too, and I mean, like two good tries. The turn of pace that he showed, like he yep. was, well, I thought he was at full pace when he busted the line. No, yeah. And then the, um, was it Mini that came yep. across in cover? And Just burned It him. was like, well... It, you know, you've got to get between me and the sideline. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Easy, <laughs> okay, <mate>. old man. <laughs> Count this. And he didn't get a finger on him. He was yeah. bloody impressive. All right. Poor old Mini at the end yeah. get, getting laid out. Yeah. Playing the ball sideways. That's a tough now, one. I, just thought, I want to ask you what you think about the refereeing in this game because the uh, Roosters supporters were absolutely going fucking mental. Mental, I tell you. I mean, people talk about Manly, but this is, we got nothing on them. This was the most mental complaints about refereeing I've ever seen in my life. Some of the, um, some of the video ref calls are a little bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're inconsistent because, I mean, some like, you know, there were a couple of tries there that were almost the exact same thing and one one's given, given, one wasn't, yeah. Yep. Um, the, which one was it? The, I can't remember, the, the grounding of the ball there at one stage. Yep. I, I actually thought it was a try. Yeah, it's funny watching Twitter when that happens too because you've got people like, you know, a couple of people going, oh, definitely try, and yeah. definitely not. And then, and then they blow up yeah. or not, depending yeah. on which yeah. side of the fence are on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, a couple of contentious calls, but Brian Smith was quite vocal in his criticism as well um, of the referees. And, yep. and he actually voiced his displeasure at the fact that, um, you know, at the back end of games with teams sort of slowing things down and eating up the clock when the referee's not doing anything about it. But yep. I don't know that's a new thing. That's been going on since the dawn of time. Yeah, exactly. It has been. So I mean, I'm sure my old mate Rod Petherbridge, you know, had slow play the balls back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe Brian Smith's only just woken up to it. He's not the brightest bloke in the... <laughs> just looking for, an ex- looking for an excuse on a narrow victory in a good game. Year of a Panther has said, quite certain the Kiwi commentator just said... Well, hookers are always your friends, aren't they? In hash. New Zealand, maybe they are. <laughs> hash, safe sex in decline. <laughs> One or two, Megan. Anasta. I know you're going to the Tigers next year, but that doesn't mean you need to kick like Benji. That was all in capitals too, incidentally. Rooster supporter. Good to see Kamali and Gaznia break down the plays of the first half. Dream team, New South Wales halves right there. Hash, give me I saw hash someone lead. tweet. I don't know who it was, so I'd love to give you credit for it if you're listening. Mark Gaznia said, they were patchy in patches. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. That's hilarious. Gaznia, Gaznia is not is doing the opposite of kicking goals in his, in his sideline commentary, really. I mean, I remember in the Manly game against um, 
against Cam- was it Canberra or was it the the one against the the doggies the week before that? And he said the last what was it? Um, it must have been the Canberra one because it was on on Fox uh, on Sunday. And he said um, everyone's going to be watching the last seven minutes of this game with their eyes open. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> How did you figure that one out? There needs to be a website set up, markgaznierisms.com. Exactly. I'm like, fuck, you know. <laughs> uh, where was I? Um, Matt the Hat, 99. And that's the kicking two for five. Clearly, Sheen's brought in to take over kicking duties from Benji. Yeah, yeah, that joke's been made. I don't uh, want to hear it again. Mills <laughs> underscore 91. Entertaining game with some nice touches from both halfbacks. Good building block for the Warriors on the back of last week's win. 102 Megan again. All in capitals again. I think she caps lock was busted. What an absolutely pathetic, appalling example of fuckery by the referees. So that's one of the ones that I was talking about there. That's ones that came directly to us. However, there are a lot of ones that weren't addressed to us that were the same sort of thing. Ben, Maybe she consoled herself with yet another shopping trip. Yep, bend me over hopper. What's the only thing in the world softer than Matt Preston's ass? The Poosters. Ben Cray. No, incorrect. The Poosters. Ah. Oh, and the Tigers forward pack. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> Cookie underscore it's rooster. Fuck Jack. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it is getting it is getting funny. Cookie underscore rooster. Fucking terrible enter to a terrible defensive game. Hard as a limp dick defense from both teams. I don't know if I'd go that harsh on it. It's a bit harsh. Yeah. Okay, moving on. We had the North Queensland Cowboys 32 defeating the Newcastle Knights 12. Uh, it was on at Hunter Stadium, a crowd of just over 18,000 people, and the points went as follows. Cowboys, their 32 points came from a double to Ash Graham, Gavin Cooper, Ray Thompson, Michael Morgan tries. Matty Bowen had a crack and a miss at a field goal. Thurston, perfect night, 5 of 5 on the conversions, and 1 of 1 on the penalty goals. Knights tries to Chris Houston and Junior Sow, 2 of 2 from Tyrone Roberts on the conversions, and that's how it was. Ash Graham's the most underrated winger in the NRL. Discuss. I think he's um, ordinary, but he gets a sensational fucking service, and he can certainly finish tries. Great finisher. Great finisher. He obviously, you know, he, he can be a liability up the other end, but as an attacking he's, finishing he's winger... He's improved both yeah. facets of his game measurably in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, it'd be seasons. interested to hear how Cowboys fans feel about him now because, I mean, generally the Ash Graham... We only kind of, no one. Well, yeah. The Ash Graham sentiment generally goes along the lines of... Um, he's not Michael. Oh, he could score some tries, but, oh, you know... Doesn't make up for it. Okay. Yeah, that kind of thing. I wonder, I just wonder if that's turned around because he had an excellent season attacking he got, yeah, offensively. Didn't he get best and fairest last year? For the, the Cowboys? Cowboys? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think really? he might have. Wow. But uh, he, cert- I mean, he certainly had a great year as far as scoring tries. Yeah, sure. And I think he's on top of the try scorers list this season at yeah, the moment he got as well. Yeah, 11 or something? Yeah, something like that. JT's a bit of 5'8 than halfback. Discuss. Yeah, well, I mean, he's certainly finding his groove. He's going brilliantly it's at the moment. fast. Yeah. He's <laughs> only had fucking eight games there. Yeah, I mean, he was down at the start of the season, no doubt about it, but the last kind of, what, three weeks maybe? He's been unbelievable. He's, um, I don't know, maybe he's, you know, he's got the, the smell of origin in his nostrils and he's he's turned things up at night. But yep. holy shit. You know, the last thing you want that guy to have is time. Yep. And at 5'8", he has more time. And can actually pick his moments a little bit more. Halfback, there's way, you know, way more responsibility for him to do everything. And 
he's, he's probably almost doing everything, but yep. just that extra little bit of responsibility that he's he's handed over to to Ray Thompson, and the extra bit of space he's he's got from being out wider, it's fucking close to unstoppable. Yeah, he's going to you know, you know he's going to run and dummy at some stages, yeah. and people still can't defend against it. Yeah, but then when they they actually cover for the dummy, you don't know where that fucking ball's going. <laughs> the, the way the way you need to approach it as a, as a defensive player is that no matter what happens, he's you're getting putting sat on his, on his ass. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, you know, and if he throw and if he throws a dummy, then great. If he throws a pass, so be it. Defensively, the guy who's got Thurston, put him on his ass no matter what, and the guys on either side have to then you know. That, that's okay for the guy that's actually lined up against him. Yeah, and that's assuming that that guy has enough pace to cover him. Yep. for for the zone on the field that he's covering in defence. Yep. At 5'8", you've got the two guys inside the bloke that's actually lined up against him and probably the three guys lined outside him. None of them know, you know, and each one of them has to be just as on their game as the guy that's there covering the dummy or going, okay, I'm going to tackle first and that's what... Well, they have to assume that the pass is going out, obviously. They're going to have to assume, okay, who's running an angle here? Who's running a decoy? Who's getting the ball? (laughs) Fucking Jesus. (laughs) And unfortunately, none of those players are currently playing for the Newcastle Knights. No, no. Well, I mean, even the, even the guy, yeah, the, even the guy that put him on his ass, he's definitely not playing there. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Knights, to their credit, they hung in there for a very long time. His final scoreline probably doesn't reflect that, no. uh, especially given, I mean, there was a, a try kind of right on full time as well. It was really, really arsy with every player having to go like, chipping it and eventually yeah, yeah. sort of roll sideways. or something, wasn't yeah. And I think it was uh, Gavin Cooper that scooped it up at the end um, yep. to score it. Can't he score a try? Oh, love it. He's, he's in my fantasy side um, and always have him in there because he always seems to get a try. Yeah. He always performs. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, great win from the Cowboys. Knights, they just... Uh, Shit is dire in Newcastle. I feel. Newcastle Knights seem to. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't have any statistics on this to prove it. But just the feeling I get is that they're the most injury-prone side, and not just this year, but over the past ten seasons. Their key players specifically. Yeah. I just. What are they doing up there? <laughs> I mean, I know that they suffered in the early two thousands with not having the money to have the proper facilities and stuff. So perhaps their recovery and their you know their sports science everything wasn't as great, and maybe that was a, you know a factor. Surely, but that's other than that, since Tinkler's taken over, at the very least, if it hasn't, yeah, Daddy Warbucks then. should be throwing cash everywhere. Sorry, Daddy Warbucks, yeah, yeah Daddy Warbucks should be throwing cash <laughs> all over right? Yes, <laughs> you, know, you know your th- you know your theater tomorrow, musical theater tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I know that shit. All right, um, I don't. I don't think even Benning can fix this. I just, I'm not convinced that it's going to happen at Newcastle. It's funny, just we were saying at the start of the season, you know, if Bennett really want, I mean, he's got Newcastle and he's just signed up all these players to chuck in there. And if he really wanted to challenge himself as and his legacy as a coach, he'd pick up a team like Cronulla. And here we are, Cronulla flying high, <laughs> nice up to shit just like they were last Imagine year. Imagine if he was coaching Cronulla. <laughs> fucking unstoppable, they'd be. I'm beating on top of the table, probably. Just don't think they get enough ball play out of their forwards. Yeah. And it's always left up to the halves and, and trying to get them to sling it to the outside backs. But and they, they can't keep through healthy the halves either. Yeah, they can't, they can't keep a, a halves combination no. healthy for any length of time. They just don't get anything through through the ruck. You yep. know, you get, every team, you know, like um, your Glenn Stewart's, yep. um, your Gareth Ellis's, those sorts of guys, for, certainly for our teams. But every team has those sorts of guys. Yeah. But 
they've got some really hard workers and some good hole runners in their forward pack, but no real ball players. Yep. Um, I think that's what they're really missing there. I think Matt Hilda's probably a bit small to be playing lock. He probably fits that bill a little bit, but yeah. uh, he's probably a little bit small for, for lock and, and to be doing the, you know a lot of defence out there. So um, I just I worry that it's, it's too too big a fix for this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, no some doubt more acquisitions for next year and, yep. and a bit more time together, and he can mould them into the side that he needs them to be. But I just don't know if it's going to happen. You know, this year. It's funny yeah. we haven't heard a lot of activity from them either in the playing player market. Yeah, both. I mean, Scott, they, yeah, they got both Scott, but um, Case Nate's been disappointing. Very, very. Um, you know, he's just progressively been declining week on week. Snowden in decline. Snowden in decline. Snowden in decline to the point that I traded him. Isn't it funny these guys that come through and and make their name at a, at a club like Cronulla and they just, you would think if you can succeed at Cronulla, you can fucking be a superstar anywhere else. Yep. Given the, the, the adversity you have to come to be a renowned he, uh, first grader at Cronulla, so yeah. football club. Well, I mean, it's easy to be first grader in Cronulla. And so perhaps the fact that he had to do most of the work. Yeah, well, you know. But having said that, you look, Luke Douglas is doing a good job at the Titans, I feel. Yeah, he's doing a good job, but he's not, he's not as prominent as he was with the Sharks either. I don't no, think. You're probably right, but he's got better props around him. Yeah. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Taking share in some of the workload. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just got the feeling that maybe there's an irrational knee jerk reaction coming from from Tinkler at some point. He doesn't like to sell lose. the side. Sorry, selling the side. Who knows? Hand his license back. Who knows? <laughs> he's he's got it in his game. He's not accustomed to losing. No, so not at all. I wouldn't be surprised. Yep. All right. Twitter one hundred two. Megan. That last try was amazing. Very entertaining. Seeing them kicking and chasing it. I loved it. Miles She's a Roosters fan. She doesn't see a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. The Knights stuck with them. This is this is Miles underscore 91 again. Knights are stuck with them for most of the match, but the Cowboys are just too strong, and Tate is in his best form since being at the Broncos. Well, I'd agree I'd with that. I'd agree with that too, yeah. Injury-free is a big, fact, a big part of that, no doubt. Yeah, exactly. Big Dan, 1985. Not the best of games tonight. Looking like injuries and the same old lack of endurance is seeping back in for the Knights. Worrying. And if it's one thing Bennett normally instills in a side is insurance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I guess the Bennett style of endurance is probably falling by the wayside. You know, you get teams more like, you know, like dare I say, you know, Hasler coach sides and obviously Manly still, you know, with, with Donnie Singe, you know, implementing the same sort of stuff. And, you know, they're not they're certainly not the only two sides at the moment that are doing it in the storm. Yeah, I mean, Tim Sheen's coach sides, those sorts of sides. I know exactly where you come from. <laughs> Sunday football, first game. Fucking entertaining game too. I'll, I'll give them credit for it. I mean, you know, not for their defence, but it was an entertaining game. The Canberra Raiders, 40, defeated the Parramatta Eels, 34, in front of a crowd of under 10,000 down at Canberra Stadium. The points, it's a lot to get through here. Reese Robinson scored two tries. Joel Thompson scored two tries. Blake Ferguson, Josh Papali and Jack Whiten also got tries. We had conversions. Jared Croker got six of seven. Defeating the Paramount at Eels 34. Their tries came too. A double to Ryan Morgan, a double to Ken Seo, Chris Sandow, Chase Blair also got tries, and Luke Burt was 5 of 6 on the conversions. What does Parramatta mean in its uh, respective Aboriginal dialect? Not good enough. I'm pretty sure it means play for 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, this time, this one, you know, to be fair, they played for more than 10 minutes. I was probably more like about 18. But I, I suspect was... kids across the country are soon be telling their parents, Mum, Dad, I'm going outside to Parramatta. <laughs> you just imagine <laughs> mum and dad going, 
you had enough of the kid, you know, being in the house. It was like, okay, but feel free to Melbourne Storm if you need to. <laughs> and don't you dare West Tigers. <laughs> what does that mean? Sorry? What does that mean? Jump in the van with the guy promising lollies. <laughs> <laughs> it means go outside for an, an undetermined amount of time and come back less of a child. <laughs> I just... They've got talent in that side to do it. Yep. And they show that they can do it, but it just doesn't happen for 80 minutes and they just rack up loss after loss. Just incredible. Loss. The halftime score in this game was 24 points to six and Canberra looked every bit like going on with it. And then even, I don't think there were anything, any points really scored until about the, I'm trying to remember, it was about 53rd, 54th minute in the second half. And so it was only that last 25 minutes when both sides absolutely unleashed yeah. about, yeah, about 40 a, points. The on floodgates the, open. Yeah. But um, it was just, really entertaining. I mean, no defence, but it was really entertaining. I'm worried about where this is all going to end up for Parra. Well. Yeah, you've got a history of having seasons like this, sacking the coach and coming home with a wet sail. Yeah. Well, so what you're saying is... Um, is Jason Taylor the man, though? Well, he hasn't been in the past. I mean, he's only had Souths. He got him to the semis, though, right? Yeah, he did. I can't argue with that point, but I think that was that was the year that I blasted out. 30 Fuck, they take eighth place from where they are at the moment. Well, yes, yes, they would, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> it's maybe a strong indication the Tigers might finish last, so yeah. let's hope Jason Taylor doesn't take the reins of Paramount anytime yeah. soon. Now, Jared Hayne, disinterested first half, fucking genius second half. Almost, I'm just trying to, looking at these tries they scored in the second half, and I think he put on both of Ken Seo's tries. He put on the try for Sandow with an offload when he looked like he was going to score under the sticks. I don't think I think you know maybe one of those tries they scored in the second half he wasn't responsible for. Yeah, the I mean, rest. Yeah, genius, genius second, genius second half. Um, there's there's been a lot of talk about Jared Hain being prototypical of, of Gen Y. Um, you know, feel a sense of entitlement and um, just being disinterested. You know, not really applying himself at you know to to his chosen profession, but never moving out of home. <laughs> maybe never moving out of home. Yes. <laughs> Listening to Skrillex. I just wonder if there's an ounce of professional pride in him. Or the amount of, flock, of flack that the side's copying. Yeah. If the, if he's just going to go, fuck this, I'm going to 2009 this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he actually, the decision he actually makes and then it just happens. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I just, I, I think if he does, he's probably, it'll be Jared Haynes trying too hard. Yeah. And it's all—it's still all his fault. Yeah. I don't—I don't think you—you you know—when you look at what Sandow's doing and what Haynes doing, I don't think you'd be overly critical of Hain, considering no. he's actually trying to have an impact on the game. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he's—he's he's, um, almost. I mean, the problem is From they haven't fullback won. of all positions. You know, like the problem is they—they they haven't won the games. But he almost pulled this game out of the shit, and he almost pulled the game against the Sharks out as yep. well. And, and single handedly, single handedly, almost single handedly beat Canberra. And in fact, if they hadn't, I think the score was about. I think it was when it was back to twenty four eighteen, Canberra leading. I think then that was when the game was there to be won. And one person who I can't remember who it was was in the middle of the field, missed a tackle on Dugan, who then broke through, ran like the field, passed out to the left, and they scored a try. Mm. And 
that was basically the winning of the game because you have to remember as well that um, that uh, Jack White and he scored a try pretty much right on full time when Parramatta were throwing caution to the win yeah. and I think that was the conversion I think it was 36 to 34 at that point yeah and, it yeah. was yeah so that one tackle there were two two tries but Canberra scored very very easily that you think it's a bit more defensive commitment the Eels could have, you know they certainly had enough attack sure despite there being a lot of room for improvement in the Raiders, scoring 40 points is still a strong effort, especially considering the star playmakers out for the season. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely good signs there for the Raiders and, and showing there is life after Campo. As for Dugan, we spoke about him earlier. Him not making origin, I don't think is such a bad thing as far as his club footy goes. No, I um, He's only just come back from injury, and given his shaky history of his body sustaining a high workload, I think he's best placed to, you know, yep. have those, you know, the bye weekends and take full advantage of not being involved in the, the origin grind, um, you know, and then getting hurt at the back end of the season because of, cause of his schedule. So I think it's actually going to be a blessing in disguise for the Canberra Raiders, maybe not specifically for Josh Dugan. Yep. Agree. All right. The Chapo 82. Old man Bert didn't even bother chasing Ferguson. Hash, retire already. Hash, what's the matter, Parramatta? It's not even a para fan. He's slamming him. HSV Raiders. This doesn't count, Ferner. It's only the Parramatta buy. <laughs> uh, at Ben V1 Hardy. He's all over Ferner all day, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He loves him. And uh, Ben V1 Hardy says, The only thing more depressing than the Eels is watching them make a comeback against your team. Hash, spoon off 2012. Uh, a Dragons underscore Red V. As a Dragons fan, I've suffered through a lot of shit over the years, but thank fuck I'm not a para fan. Hash, Pashidic. Hash, Tigers in decline. <laughs> but, uh, make me a sandwich. I was at the Sharks game when all of a sudden I felt the ground shake massively. It was Sandow getting a try in Canberra. Hash, $1.6 million of Maccas. <laughs> and uh, Troy underscore 79. Raiders are so far off the top side in the comp. And it's not it's not our playing roster. It's that fucking fraud sitting in the coach's box. Ouch! You won the game, son, and you performed you know pretty well against Manly last week too. I just you know I agree, Ferner Ferner is shit. But you have a lot of key injuries. Dugan's barely played, and uh, Cats has never played. Like he's played you know probably like two games in ten minutes over the last two seasons. So there have been extenuating circumstances. And yes, the side could have performed better, but I think the last two weeks, they've actually shown a bit more than I think anyone really would credit them for. Hash Raiders in decline. Hash Raiders on the incline. I think they've hit rock bottom and they're coming back up a touch. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to get in the finals or anything, but, you know, I think they're competitive. Okay, next game, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 12. Upset of the season for mine. Tipped it. Defeating the Melbourne Storm, 10. You say you tipped it, but did you actually put it in with your tips? Really? Because you actually lost positions this week, so that, you're saying yeah. you got some of the easy ones wrong then. Yeah, fuck yeah. I didn't get either Friday night game right. Well, yeah, I don't think anyone... Should, I mean, you know, apart from the most optimistic Titans fan, I don't think anyone picked the Titans. So you picked the Broncos, did you? I did. Well, you're a disappointment to me, but not as disappointing as your tips. <laughs> not as... Uh, that's not the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, true. Okay, uh, where were we? Uh, they played at Toyota Stadium. It wasn't a sellout this time, but it was close. It was just under 15,000, 14 or 14,500. All this time, the Sharkies fans have just needed something to cheer about. They get out and support their boys. 
Yeah, okay, so there were 14,595 people at Toyota Stadium, which means that Cronulla officially have 10,000 bandwagon supporters. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the points. Cronulla's 12 came from tries to Jeremy Smith and Isaac Gordon. Smacked it in for a try. And Todd Carney, 2 of 2 on the conversions. Melbourne Storm, their 10 points came from tries to Dane Nielsen and Matt Duffy. Cameron Smith losing the game with poor goal kicking, one of two. Corey Parker style. Corey Parker-esque performance from Cameron Smith. One of the best wins in recent memory for the Sharks, made all the more impressive by the fact that they did it without Paul Gallon. Yeah, that's the fun. That's the funniest part of it. I mean, Gallon out and they still did it. He may have even motivated Great them more. sign for their club. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, probably only as as early as last season, if Paul Gallon didn't play, I'm sure they, you know, his teammates would drop their heads. Yep. Such as the influence that Todd Carney's had on that squad. Just everyone's grown a leg. Yeah, probably important. To, I mean, I, I I would say that the Storm were definitely down in this game. So it might have been the loss they had to have. But also, we had Slater for 10 minutes as well in the bin, which... Uh, yeah, he's making a bit of habit of taking plays off the ball. I couldn't believe... Um, well, I've, I've said he's been a grub for fucking the entire history of doing this show. Yeah. So welcome, yes, welcome Nathan, aboard. you've been right all along. Well, Everyone fucking loves you. Welcome aboard, Shut Glenn. Shut the fuck up. Hashtag's in decline. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Bellamy said he didn't agree with the sin binning. Yeah, of course I he mean, wouldn't. What decision could they possibly have made? He other coaches than the his, one they did. He coaches his players to cheat. <laughs> of course he's not going to agree with disciplinary action <laughs> against them. And I mean, people might say, say oh, you, you, oh, you're bagging your mum's storm. Think of the fucking cheating innovations that have come out of that club over the last five years. The fucking grapple tackles, the chicken wings, the calf crushes. And that's just in tackling. And even to, in this day and age, anyone who knows anything about fucking Brazilian jiu-jitsu can see that when players are getting up with the ball after being tackled by a Melbourne player, they're doing collar chokes and stuff with them. They don't, look, they don't have their arm wrapped around their neck, so they don't look like they're doing anything because they're choking them with their own collar or their jersey. I mean, it's like fucking standard <laughs> Guillaume Brazilian jiu-jitsu shit. They're dirty fucking... Like, to this day, they're still doing it. I mean, they just haven't been pinged for them. You love the store. Oh, yeah. I mean... They should get a blue... I mean, like... I was chatting to someone uh, on Twitter about it the other day. They should get, like, a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Like, even someone who's barely even been doing it to sit down and just run the referees through what actually happens. And you know who's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu? Paul Gallen. Perfect man. He's already in the NRL. Is he really? Yeah. Did not know that. That's why he's such a hard bastard. And jiu-jitsu is all about people... Smaller people being able to use their leverage and other people's weight against them. What about... The fact that Paul Gallon's actually a fucking tank. Yeah, and but... he's superhumanly strong. Yeah, but he's not the most... I mean, you look at him standing up, like, size-wise against... You know, he's no, actually... He's, not, he's, he's, not actually, tall, he's a smaller guy yeah. than... Yeah. I mean, he's, like, he's, he's strong and he's, and, you know, and he's built. But he's... um Yeah, see, that's a, that's a perfect example. That's yeah. probably how he, you know, smashes a lot of bigger guys. I'm not sure that uh, Cronulla entirely laid a blueprint for beating Melbourne, but certainly matching them physically for 80 minutes is step one. Yeah. Um, I think Cronulla did that really well. Um, and again, without Paul Gallen, um, Jeremy Smith stepped up in a massive way in Gallen's absence. And Carney played off the back of Smith's influence over the rest of the forward pack. And uh, it was really impressive to watch, I thought. Yeah, they actually had ground Melbourne. And, and, th- and that's, that's exactly what they did. I mean, they basically competed with them and actually bettered them in that kind of grinding style over the full length of the game. And that's why they won the match. Because otherwise, I mean, you know, as a spectacle... It was just a good, tough, close game to watch. Yeah. 
But I mean, as obviously you know, it wasn't there was no spectacular attack or anything like that. It was Not just, really. I loved yeah. watching it though. Yeah, yeah. It was so enthralling to watch Cronulla's. As I said last week, they're really coming of age, but. You know, I don't know that anyone really expected this from them. And, no, of course and, not. not. Not to this level. Yeah. And you know. I was really impressed with them. And it's, you know, good on them. It's good to see their fans lapping it up too, which is good. Um, I think ultimately this is probably most likely going to be a blip on Melbourne's radar. But a couple of hiccups during origin time and, and then playing Manly um, as well. Mm-hmm. That could rack up a few losses and it might have the rest of the teams breathing down their necks. Be interesting yep. to see how they handle that. And say, ditto for the Broncos, actually, didn't mention it, but yeah. Sure. This is a tough period for those guys as well. Two losses on the trot, yep. plus origin period. So yeah, we'll see how they will go. Twitter, the Chapo82. Massive contributor this week. He is. No gallon, no worries. Hash, storm in decline. Tirana, 355. Suck shit to the cheats. Hash, tigers in decline. <laughs> Make me it's a just unnecessary. <laughs> There's been about five of them now that's been blood. I mean, you had a I buy. I'll see week. what these fuckheads will be saying when we go on a nine game winning streak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had Fuck a, you had a buy this week and you're still getting it. Make me a sandwich. Woo, I was wrong. Suck it, Melbourne Storm. He actually addressed it at ML, yeah, MELB Storm RLC. And another cheap shot from Slater. Hash, Pashitic Melbourne in decline. Hash, Tigers in decline. Hash, fuck yeah. And that's uh, that's Solzy's mate, I believe. He's uh, he's taken to this whole Twitter thing immaculately by slamming me. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it, not just slamming you. I mean, yeah, you were in there, but mostly to the storm and the fact he addresses it directly to their official Twitter account. I love people that do that shit too. Kudos to him. Cambo ninety six, great win by the Sharks. Hash big three cocksuckers in decline. So um, <laughs> that's the tweet of his that I could read out. <laughs> <laughs> At Mr. Hendo 33, fuck yes, Cronulla. Not even Slater's renowned thuggery could stop us. Hash, so much for an unbeatable spine. Hash, was more like a paralyzed spine. Unnecessary hashes in there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, you know, I, like, I, applaud, I applaud people's creativity and, you know, I don't begrudge the Cronulla fans having a bit of joy in their life because, fuck, you know, the suicide rate in Australia is high enough. About time it's probably dropped massively this year. It has, it has taken a tumble. Purely on the back of the Cronulla. It has forms. taken a tumble. Pardon the pun. <laughs> okay, Monday night foot bitch. Another upset. I mean, not a, certainly not to the same magnitude, but uh, an upset nonetheless. Keeping the Monday night tradition of upsets going. Penrith Panthers thirteen defeated the St George Illawarra Dragons twelve out at Centibet Stadium. A touch over 10,000 people. It was freezing cold Monday night, but also, you know, the Penrith Panthers have been freezing cold on the field as well. So I can see why uh, not too many people ventured out there. Panthers genuinely morphs into the arsehole of the world at this time of year. <laughs> Holy so, fuck me, it gets cold. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so it's, it's, it's cold that you, you know, what would get you to a football game? You'd have to be watching, like, a winning team. Is that what you're saying? Like, a couple of losses on the trot would make you go, oh, fuck, this is too cold. Nah, fuck that. I'd go to watch Tigers in minus whatever, but yeah. it's because they said we cold. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The points. Panthers, 13 points came from tries to Kevin Kingston and Ryan Simpkins. Lachlan Coote got a goal. And uh, Blake, oh, sorry, a field goal. And wow, didn't they have some attempts? There was a bit of field goal palooza, Benji, Mar- Benji Marshall style, but um, Burnsy had a go. Coote had a couple of goes, but he got it in the end. And uh, Blake Austin got two of two on the conversions. St. George Illawarra Dragons, their 12 points came from tries to Jake Marquetto and Mitchell Rain. And field goals, the temps were Ben Hornley, just the one. Kyle Stanley, two of two on the conversions. 
Amazing that St George could take a game into Golden Point with only playing for 15 to 20 minutes in this match. Yeah. I thought Penrith really stuck it to him for for the almost the duration. And it was only the fact that uh, they had a slight lapse there for, for 15 minutes or so and Dragons clawed their way back into it and, and ultimately um, tied it up and sent it into Golden Point. Yeah. And, and pretty much lost the game on the back of Mitchell Rain. <laughs> I mean, and Ben Hornby would agree. He had a spectacular capitulation at the end of the game. He gave away two penalties, uh, took a couple of wrong options. Hornby was set up for the field goal like 30 yeah. metres out and he decided and to sneak the down the sideline. How could you possibly be thinking in that situation when you are less than 10 metres out from the line Yeah. and all you have to do is go one pass to the centre of the field where your captain and he's got 20 metres is calling leeway for the ball. to kick it. You have and like you go four to short side. Yeah. What sort of fucking big head incarnation of Red V Jared Hayne is that guy? <laughs> I think you said it. I, did, I think you said everything you need to say about him. Unfucking believable. That's woeful. I would love to have been a fly on the wall in the dressing room after that after that game because of Ben Hornby, the way, <laughs> the way he's pushing him on the field and, and giving him a gobful. He was giving him a spray. I'd and love well to. deserved it too. Oh, I, I don't mind seeing that. that. No. You know, credit to Ben Hornby for having enough passion in him to actually give the guy a serve and yep. put yep. him in his place because if you sugarcoat that sort of shit, then, you know, those sort of attitudes just fester. Yeah, exactly. He's got a long way to go in the maturity stakes, that bloke. Um it's almost like Wayne Bennett never coached the Dragons. <laughs> I thought that's a bit that, that's a bit harsh. I mean, they've shown signs of the Bennett era over the last ten weeks. I think their structure and discipline has evaporated. It's starting to fall. It's starting to fall away, though. Evaporated, Nathan. More often than not, this season yep. so far, um, and his his influence over the side and his legacy is fast eroding. It's a shame they were on fire the weeks they played us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't take away the results that they've some of the good results that they've had, but. Performances like this, you know, 60 minutes of pretty ordinary footy. Terrible, yeah. You know, could you pick two weeks that they've done, that they did that in Bennett's entire regime there? Yeah, probably not. They had some lean times, but maybe, they always maybe put towards in. the end of the Bennett regime. Remember they were imploding at the end of last year? Yeah. That's, that's probably as close as it came. I think for Penrith, Dane Weston and Tim Grant really stood up to stop the rot for Penrith and were well supported by several of, of guys that are... Really lesser lights in the NRL. Guys like um, Mansoor, Burns, Jeff Daniela. You know, he had his time at the Tigers. Couldn't really nail down a first grade spot. He's gone back to Penrith. Uh, him and Brad Ty, of all yeah. people, <laughs> played out of their skins. I was really impressed with him. Um, and it's good to see him step up. You know, the, the Penrith's been under a lot of pressure with the Jennings thing and... Uh, you know, their performances on the field have been pretty ordinary and now the challenge is to make these sorts of performances like the one they've put together here the norm and pull the Panthers out of the situation they're in, especially once Jennings comes back. If Jennings comes back, especially if he gets a well, good the way result. They pulled, the way they pulled together, he'll go from origin back down to Reggie's. <laughs> back out of the origin, I'll down to Reggie's. find that hard to believe. Especially <laughs> if New South Wales have a good result in game one. Yeah. Um, Jennings will probably come back with a springy step and, and yeah. the Panthers could be the, you know, the benefactors of that. Yeah. Beneficiaries? Beneficiaries, yeah. Um, geez, I'm struggling with words. Yeah, let's. I was impressed with Penrith. And Lachlan Coote seems to be making most of his time with Michael Gordon off, yeah. having off with injury. So um, he was really good as well. Took a lot of the onus um, off some of the ball. You know, the halves who were probably yeah. not as adept at ball playing. Got um, the clutch field goal. And, yeah, it was good to, you know, it was almost like a jump of, 
you know, I'm jumping for joy, obviously, but it's almost like a relief as well to yeah. crack it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I like Lockie Kuda as a player. He overcomes a fair bit of adversity. He's not the biggest bloke on the field, but he certainly gives 100% every week. All right. Year of a Panther. Says, it turns out Vito can't ground a ball properly at either end of the field. He was fucking ordinary. Hash revelation of 2012 asterisk. To say he was patchy in patches. Mate, I said Mark very Gaspier early line. in the season that the reason they bought Vito is because Matt Cooper doesn't pass the ball out to his winger. And so they thought they'd just stick him out there as a warm body and they wouldn't have to worry about him fucking up because he'd never get the ball. Well, well it didn't work out for him, did it? <laughs> it hasn't worked out at all. Cruzy, Matt Cooper's uh, still not passing the ball, though. Yeah. Cruzio 6. The Dragons have mutated to busted-ass geckos tonight and hence mauled by the big cat. Hash, Dragons declining fast. Well, you fucking don't even know how to use the hashtags, Cruzy. Come on now. It's in decline. Year of a Panther back again. So despite so so despite thirteen Panthers and two refs switching off for ten minutes, <laughs> the Penny still nabbed the win. Hash refereeing in decline. I don't think you guys got too much to complain about. At Devonhead, Pricey needs to pull a play out of Brownie's coaching book and start slapping a few of these blokes. Hash Pashidic. Make me a sandwich. Said soured. I don't get it. The one thing I'm good at, the field goals taken away from me. It's not fair. Hash Pashidic soured. Hash, king of the cats. Wow. <laughs> Starboy V1. Have we ever heard from Starboy before? This is someone over in England. And they've said, Penrith cost me a £20,000 bet, fuckers. Hash, dragons in decline. Hash, cast tigers on the up. Hash, chubs for England. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is that him advocating a particular player by the nickname of chubs? to play and or coach and or ball boy for England or Starboy please explain yourself on your next tweet to us he's super excited about England (laughs) (laughs) Andrew Hoisman C-O-I-S man this is another first time I believe wondering when Pricey's going to fire up at a presso given how shit we're travelling hash dragons in decline doesn't seem the type yeah hash dragons in decline hash Pricey in recliner (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> loving, loving the hashtag work this week from everybody it's sensational Devon heads back he said don't worry about hash tigers in decline looks like it's hash dragons in decline which means hash trotters in decline yes <laughs> Mr Bowles he can decline back into his fucking pen Mr Bowles said what a great game beating those merged club wankers was like winning a grand final hash panther pride hash etu uyaseli love he did have a cracker of a game. He did. He did. And uh, Mr. Bowles will be very, uh, very happy on his uh, Panthers Weekly podcast, which has been quite the uh, suicide pact over the last month or so. Exactly. And, of course, the Tigers and Rabbits could not muster up a win this week. And Filthy Rangers don't get much to smile about, so it's good to see him get his team get a win. <laughs> Previews for round 11, 2012. The first game, Friday Night Football, we have the West Tigers versus the New Zealand Warriors at the Lilyfield Rectangle. Yes. Now, I've got the Tigers TBC because those fuckers don't name themselves, but we both, being members of the club, we received an email, and I can't. And the gist of it was that Chris Lawrence will be playing 5'8", yes. Benji's a halfback. It's worked out some, spectacularly poorly before but we're sticking with it and some dude like Peter Pillow Pants or something what's his name the dude that's in there 
Tom Humble's been named a hooker. Not him, the other one. Pat Politoni. That's the one. <laughs> from the Bowman Right Eastwood Tigers has uh, made his way into the 17. A bit strange that we don't just name a hooker at hooker, but... Um, and so what does he play? He plays hooker for Bowman Right Eastwood. Okay. I find it interesting. I didn't think Tom Humble was going that bad at halfback. No, but... Um... So we've taken the best player in the world out of his preferred position and put him at halfback, taken a centre... And put him at five eight. Yeah. Taking a halfback and put him at hooker. Yep. And got a hooker not playing hooker. Put him on the. What well, is he? Where is he? He's, he's on the bench. bench. Yeah, he's bench. So he will go on at some point. I imagine they probably, given that, they probably will shuffle it around a little bit. I would imagine you still got Lolton at fullback too, haven't you? Well, yes, yes, we do. I I would suspect that Politoni might actually start the game at hooker and Hummel will come off the bench where he's been. You know where he's. Much like the Titans game the other week, so yeah. So this is a big test for the West Tigers. I mean, they've had uh, a couple of wins in a row. Our time is now, Nathan. But they've uh, the, the couple of wins in a row they've had have been over terrible sides. So yeah, we've beaten the, the, the three the worst three teams tight. in the comp the last yeah. three weeks consecutively. But you know, so, they're, the wins, well, they're, the they're the wins you want to get. Um, Warriors, are, uh, where are the Warriors on the ladder at the moment? I mean, they're they're a decent test. They're starting to come into form. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Tigers stand up to this. Um, you know, being much maligned for their form, um, and rightfully so. It's been patchy in patches, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, to quote my good friend uh, Mark Asnia. But generally, against quality opposition, when um, is when they step up, and I, I hope that you know they can extract some revenge for a certain semi-final last year. Is that the only thing motivating them? Well, the fact the Warriors, that they've been playing like shit... The Warriors will be looking at this And if they don't like stop a, playing like shit, I'm going to commit suicide and they're not going to make the eight. I'm not sure which one of those is going to be, you know, more tragic. <laughs> You're and, suicide, surely. Sorry? You're suicide, surely. Not to me. <laughs> I can live another life. If the Tigers don't make the eight, I tell you, it's terrible. I think they can do it. I think they they will stand up. And, you know, without Robbie is, is obviously another test as well, but... I think Benji will rise to the occasion. He generally plays well at Leichhardt. And I think that'll be enough to, to get the Tigers probably a close for victory, which is exactly what they need at the moment. I mean, the Tigers have been renowned as being soft in the middle this season. And let me say, if, if they continue that this game, then there's some big worries that is going to roll right fucking through the middle of that. Yes. And then Sean Johnson will dance through on the back of that. Plus, you know, you're looking at your guys as well. I mean, Conrad Hurrell, he's in there at four again. You've got Fischier at fullback. And I mean, that guy, he scored six tries in a single game for the Vulcans earlier this season. There's a lot of attack in this side. There's, uh, you know, they're a team in form, pretty much in form. Yeah. And uh, Lilliman, I mean... Fuck, you've convinced me. Warriors by 10. Yep, <laughs> done. Not really. <laughs> okay, um, and we only get the one game on uh, Friday Night Football, don't we? Or yes. Do, yeah. Okay, so we move on to Saturday... North Queensland Cowboys versus the Penrith Panthers up at Dairy Farmers. Okay, so the Cowboys, without Thurston, it's the danger time of the year for them. It is. No you Scott. never know what you're going to get. No Scott, Tamo, Thurston. Who else are they missing? Brent Tate. Gee, the Cowboys are... are Mama always said, life is like the North Queensland Cowboys without Jonathan Thurston. <laughs> Remember, they went on their best run of the season without Thurston last yeah. season uh, when he was injured. But this time, it's not just Thurston. I mean, they're paying a high price in origin. I mean, of course, they lost Scott last year as well. But this time, they got Tamo and also Brent Tate. So, quite frankly... It's quite it, a blessing in disguise that Tarek Simmons didn't get picked. Yeah. As I mean, much of a travesty as in, that in, was. in Tate and Thurston, they're losing their best two players of this year. I mean, 
Mango stood up massively last year when he had to take the bulk of the playmaking. So, um, Ray Thompson, it all comes down to him. Yep. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, guys like Winterstein who, who was injured, you know, and, and Kane Linnett, they were, you know, they were injured last time. So, yeah, I, I think the way the Panthers, you know, as, as good a win as Monday night was, I think the way they've been traveling, um, and certainly without Luke Lewis in this game. I think Cowboys at home will have an, have enough to get over the top of the Panthers, who, who are also backing up from Monday night, as I said. So, um, yeah, up to know, North probably a good, Monday good game goes. for the Cowboys to have. <laughs> yep, a good time to have it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then we have got Sunday, two p.m. game, Manly, the mighty Manly Seagulls versus the Sydney Roosters at the Fortress Brookvale. Manly side, obviously uh, a little bit shuffled around thanks to uh, Origin duties. But not as shuffled around as it could be. The halves are intact. In fact, they're better than they have been in recent weeks with Kieran Foran making his long-awaited return. I heard that his hamstring injury took so long to heal because it was kind of... It wasn't fully fucked up originally. Kept walking over originally. to Jez's place to have dinner. It, was, it wasn't fully fucked up originally and it was, it was healing wrong. So they actually got him on the field to stretch out and like actually stretch out and tear it properly so it could then heal properly. You know what I mean? Holy which is what, fuck, yeah, how should that hurt? Yeah, which so, which so that basically, that's what made it probably an extra four weeks longer than, than it needed to be. But he's back. Um, what a tank. Yeah, now, uh, really, the um, like you said with Tarek, he's not getting selected. The non-selection of uh, Watmo is another blessing, I think, for, for the Manly side. Um, well, you lose Brett Stewart, but Dean Vare in the games where Brett Stewart was, was out injured, yeah. he was fantastic. So you really lose, I mean, he's not Brett Stewart, but... Yeah, you know, but, he's an adequate replacement to say the least. And other than that, our back line's intact. So, um, well, Jamie good. Lyon, obviously, you know, we've spoken about his unavailability. Um, Kieran Foran comes up. It's probably the strongest side that you've named for a month. Well, yeah, I mean, we, well, we lose if they all play. We lose, you know, both Stewarts and Glenn Stewart. Obviously, oh, true, fan, yeah. yeah, he's he's obviously fantastic. And T Rex, we haven't had him. He would have been back otherwise. But you know, then you just get guys back into the side, like you know, uh, Nullivau into the starting side. Everyone named has played a lot of football uh, this season. You know, you got Nick Skinner. He played a couple of games earlier in the season. He's in number 18. you got the the bench. you got Rose, Lussick, Vic Morrow, and Liam Forum all played a ton of games this season. So, really, I don't... I mean, the forwards are obviously where we're a little bit uh, shakier, you know, with the back rowers. But otherwise, you know, it's still a decent side. And given the halves are intact, I think, you know, we'll probably be okay. Uh, Roosters... Yeah, I think Manly will have enough to get over the top of the Roosters. Um... You know, they put a strong performance together last week in defeat, but uh, this is a different proposition against Manly at Brookvale, and I don't think they've got it in them. And they've lost their best player as well, and playmaker, yeah, Mitchell Pearce. Daniel Mortimer comes in. I guess it's his chance to, you know, justify his existence, but uh, I'm not sure how. Yeah, how I mean, Brayton Astor will probably step he up. He can justify whatever the hell he likes. He's still a career reserve grader. <laughs> so what, Manly by... Oh, 18. Plus. 18? Yeah, I'm with you. All right, next game, the Channel 9 4pm replay delayed game. St. George Illawarra Dragons versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs down at Cogra. Dragons, let's see how they affected. Well, they're without Ben Cray, of course. So, 13 plus Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've lost Wayman, obviously, to a, a injury. Mm. Merrin to Origin. PCL, they said. Yep. Uh, so how long is he out for? I mean, they, they suspect that he could could have been the whole season, but I think it's been revised now to about eight. PCL is not normally too bad. Um, 
there's a lot of players running around in the NRL with completely torn PCLs that have never repaired. So, okay. Um, it's it's not it's not it's certainly not you know as critical as the ACL. Yep. Um, and then the next most important one is obviously the medial, but PCL. Um, I think it's it's more an un uncomfortable thing okay. and I guess you know probably depends on the way it tears I guess as well as to how long yeah. they might be out but um, yeah there are a lot of players running around and obviously you know it's not going to affect Wayman's speed at all because no, no. So, um, I know Benji strained or tore his a couple of seasons ago it took him a fair while to get back to full pace and he ran yep. around with his knee strap for a while so okay. um, no Inglis no, uh, for the Rabbitohs. No Fat Touchy. No Dave Taylor. I mean, they've been their two most critical players over the last three or four weeks. So I think the Dragons will, will get over the top of the Rabbitohs. I think it's definitely possible. Um, you know, the Dragons, their halves are intact. And, you know, their back line is actually pretty much the same as it has been. Well, I've still yeah. got Morris, Cooper, Nightingale, Seward and Hornby. That's still an impressive squad. So Yeah. And Cole Stanley as well. I'm really impressed with how he's going. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Dragons, probably 1-12 to 12 for mine. Yep, I'd say, and they might, they'd probably be smarting from that Monday night win, but then again, I guess, you know, does a short turnaround curse them a little bit too? Sure. Certainly not as much as the uh, the Penny Panthers, they got a real short turnaround. Yeah, exactly. All right, and Monday night foot bitch, we have the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs versus the Cronulla Sharks at ANZ at the Olympic Park. Bulldogs, how do they fare from the uh, origin period? Not too badly, really, hey? No, it looks like... Um their side's there or thereabouts what it would have been anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Josh Morris is pretty much the only guy that they're missing, that, isn't it? That's, that's about it. Um, Lafayette and Jonathan Wright in the centres. Benny Barber's still a fullback. He's their most critical player. Um, and, you know, last couple of seasons they haven't had Mick Ennis at this time of year. So that's um, yep. that could work out quite well for them. Cassiano got zero weeks with his uh, with an early guilty plea for his... his and he was only going to get one accidental contact but that was just a massive fucking driving shoulder right into the face how's that get I mean I don't want to you know favour the Broncos at all but I mean Ben Teo would be feeling pretty hard done by it. as well he should and, be uh, and Frank Pritchard as well probably I mean like that was well I keep reminding people at the footy Nathan every time there's a high shot yep or a bit of foul play I yell out seven weeks yep and I'm re- being renowned as Mr. Seven Weeks yep until people really catch on to this show and I'll become Mr. Hashtag is in decline. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, wouldn't it be impressive if the Sharks did it without Gallon and Carney? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I just don't know. I think I just think that that's probably one superstar bedrock of their too side. Many. Too many. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne Graham's been going well. He's had his chances. Jeff Robson, surprisingly, been going well. But I think that Jeff Robson and Wade Graham are the same player. And they need that Carney, you know, that Carney style player to uh, and, and, help them out. You know, Wade Graham's still a lock forward, and yeah. it's good to see him playing at lock forward on the weekend. Yep. Um, yeah, I think I think Bulldogs might have a bit too much attack in them, and yep. I, I think they'll they'll win a game one to twelve. And two, they're they're the most unchanged side. Yeah, exactly. uh, in, in in the encounter, so and they have the Ottoman, so. And they That's have to, and they, to win. and the pressure's on. They've just really got to fucking turn it around too. I mean, because you know they they are bulldogs are in decline. Yes. All right, and of course we have got buyers to so Brisbane, Canberra, Gold Coast, Melbourne, Newcastle, and Parramatta. So two points for Parramatta this weekend. So chin up, Parra fans. 
that is full time for episode 87. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. The likes are up to 883, so we're on our way to the 1,000, but uh, people need to pick it up. So when it hits 1,000, giving away a T-shirt to get on board. Giving away free shit. iTunes. Four. And only one person's going to get free shit. All you other motherfuckers need to go and buy some. Exactly. At the shop. Exactly. Now, and yeah, that is uh, thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. iTunes, four new reviews this week, and they're all sensational reviews for different reasons. All five starvers, starers, of course. First one came from Nathan Sutherland, Sullivan. Good stuff, five stars. Two guys who love the sound of their own voice banging on about their overrated football sides. <laughs> love it. I only just started listening, but feel like I've been in on the in-jokes for years. Hash. Every team Sticky has ever coached on the decline. Hash Bronky Wonks on the decl- on the incline. Well, that's clearly wrong. I mean, you made that review on the fourteenth of May, so it was uh, wow. after the Broncos got smashed by the Eagles, giving them their second consecutive loss, heading into Origin period. Come on now, Sullivan. Very interesting. Next one, we got one by uh, Lucas. So Lucas with a K, with uh, about four hundred A's in there. And uh, it's a podcast about rugby league. Five stars. The text of his review, hashtags in decline. <laughs> there we got one here by someone named Manly Born and Bred. Best league program around, five stars. Just found this show a couple of weeks ago and having digested every bit of league media since the early 70s when Freddie Jones was running on the Brookvale, this is as good as it gets for all league fans. Even better if you love Manly or the Tigers as the boys show their colours with true conviction, humour, quick wit and best of all, real insight and great knowledge of the game. Hardest part is waiting a week for the next episode. Insight and great knowledge of the game. Is he even fucking listening? I fucking love this guy, man. I love him. Great work, Nate and Glenn. The Freshy Surfer in Maroon and White, 40 nil. Now back to back. Hashtag is in decline. <laughs> <laughs> You're going so well, buddy. Since I, I love that review. Sensational. They said that we got insight and stuff. All right. <laughs> this, this, this is the best review we've ever received. I don't want to I don't want to denigrate anyone else who's given us a review because I love you all equally. But this one I love just a little bit touch more from someone by the name of Time to Kick It94. The review title is Hash Tigers in Decline, five stars. Text of the of the review, see above. <laughs> you guys are just pricks. That's brilliant. Fucking brilliant. I'll tell you, it, it warms me, it warms the cockles of my heart. The, the, that, that hashtag has been adopted and, Nathan, and modified. You do not have a heart. There is a cold black space where your heart should be. True. But even in my with most- a banner that says hashtag is in a con. <laughs> it just it it just I mean I never thought when I threw that out there that it'd become such a thing, and so you know even my most devious you know super villain plans could I ever expected it to be so amazing. So uh, thank you everyone who's embraced that tag, as as I have. Now tipping, I am up four places to twenty fifth. And I'm getting closer. I'm inching closer to a position in the top five. So watch your back, bitches. I'm pretty sure Jackson is ahead of me. He is. He's way ahead of you. He's probably... Oh, I can't remember exactly. But he's, he's four, on, Nathan. He's on the first... Four years of fucking age. Yeah, yeah. And he's on the he's on the first page. So he's probably... He's certainly in the top 50. Kid's a fucking disgrace. Yeah, I'd say he'd be sitting around about 40th, I'd say, off the top of my head. But uh, could be... Uh, but he's definitely, he's definitely first page. So he's at least, you know, 30 places ahead of you. 
Now, you are 87th. You dropped two places this week, and you are losing ground in your bet to Paramount 1973. He's in 68th position. I mean, so although it's 90... I only have to buy him one throwdown of VB. I mean, it's not like... It's no sheep stations. I mean, even though it's only um, 19... You're 19 places away. I mean, you're probably only like three, maybe three games behind, something like that. I mean, it's fairly close competition from top to bottom. Now, the top five. Topsy-turvy round. The, everyone in the top five, no one got better than four. And one of them got... And two of them got three. Now... Andrew Smyrniotis, who was on the verge of dropping out of the, the five, and I think may have on, on for and against, he's made his way back up to the top. And so he's sitting there on 53 points. Second, we have Whitey. He is uh, 52 points. Tied with the person on third on differential, Skinny. He's on 52. And Langer's 38. He's on 52. Another pom. Rounding out the top five, we have Marcus who's dropped places, but he's on 51 points and outright fifth Guy position. Guy comes to our get-together get all smug in his leather jacket. Leave him alone. Oh, leave him alone, he says. He's a Broncos fan. He was gracious enough in defeat. Guy's he, wasn't, he wasn't like Sam and, and uh, Gillian, who never showed up to take their medicine. Wow. <laughs> Some would say, Nathan, that we boycotted Gillian and other family members. What are we boycotting for? Apparently we uh, we fobbed them off. I saw them at the pub. I said hello. I hugged them both. I hugged them both. And then them. I went to get food into my belly. It's important I to get food. thought that was fair. Yeah. And the food was It wasn't good. enough for Jill. Okay. Well, Ash. maybe next time. Maybe next time. I don't know what, what, we were, what was required of us. Yeah. I thought I hugged and Oh, we were supposed to stand there and let her fucking insult us for an hour, apparently. I don't know. That's what Twitter's for, Jill. Hash, Julian in decline. First first base wasn't enough for her. Maybe you need to push it to second base. Give some satisfaction. Jesus. Let's end this fast. <laughs> Fantasy. I got 1,218 points in a round where I had to field Gallant, who didn't play. Sensational. You got 710 points. Because I did absolutely nothing with my side. And you had a team full of rabbits and tigers. Yes. <laughs> You couldn't have even you, you couldn't have substituted enough players out anyway. You got a lot of tigers in that. You had, you had like five players, I reckon, that you needed to get out of there. Yeah. And I don't think your bench had the guys to cover anyway. Um, so Needless I, to say, I did nothing with my side. So I won five out of five, and uh, I won zero out of five. There's really? one comp. It must be Gronka Palooza in there. I'm running fourth, and you haven't won. Oh, yeah, we would have won a couple. You haven't won in the Twitter Elite competition yet. In fact, you claimed outright last place. You were playing Spooner Palooza against Jono. And uh, he, he defeated you. That is fucking great. So, yeah. <laughs> dead fucking Undefeated. Dead fucking last. Undefeated. Last 0-7. There's a comp I'm in, which is not one of our comps, actually. It's one, uh, the real Jedi, uh, his comp. And the comp is actually rated in the top, like, couple of hundred wow. of the entire... Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And that one, I'm sitting, I'm third. I was down at the eighth at one stage. I've lost two games, both of them by 10 points. And now I've had to come back and got a couple in a row, and so I'm now I'm up to I beat the top team this week, so I'm up to third now. My first two years of fantasy, yep, I think I lost one game. Gunning it, I was this fucking year. killing it. This year you fell for the Adam Blair thing and wasted money on him. Nah, he's not on my side. Kidding? Oh, come on, you got to back your revelation. Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I did call my team undefeated. Yeah, you did, but I think you meant it though. <laughs> So yeah, in my comps, I am 
Second, second, first, third, first. And in uh, one of those seconds, it's just for and against uh, beating me. And I think in Twitter Elite, I don't know if it's Twitter Elite or if it's the one of the This Week in League ones, I think it's Twitter Elite, though. I'm four points on top of the... I'm, I'm two wins ahead of the second-place team. <laughs> Go. I can it'll come to last, but if you're picking up money for it, fuck that. <laughs> and the shop, as we mentioned before, we've still got stock of the Revelation shirt, uh, the hats in the flat brim and the curb brim style. I think we'll be out of one size of the curb brims, though. Yeah, we're out of the small medium of the curb brims. Okay. Hopefully, we'll be able to have some more of those online soon. Yep. And uh, we've got, uh, how, how are we going with Stubby Coolers? A box full. Awesome. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop to get onto that stuff. And uh, the sooner you buy all that up, the sooner the, the next line. Because, I mean, I imagine what we'll do is uh, once all this stuff's gone, let's just we'll bust out, you know, a new range, new Definitely. shirt, new design stubby cooler, new designs on the hats. And uh, so, you know, you guys can grab those as well. And Put your I mean, fucking hands in your fucking pockets. I mean, there really has to be, <laughs> there really has to be a hashtag, like an in decline something. I don't know how it's going to work, but there has to be like, I mean, it's not going to be Tigers in decline. I mean, that's never going to pass through the committee here. Never, ever. How do you get 50% support, yeah. 50% thrown out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we can't we can't proceed with a massive purchase like a run of T-shirts for that. But there has to be some way <laughs> to get this, you know. You want to put your own money forward and get some Tigers into decline shirts made and put them online, go your hardest. I don't mind. I will not put one cent of my money towards that. <laughs> well, I just figure there must be a way of like, you know, have like hash your team in decline or something. Yes. You know, some, something that can get that. Yeah, I there. like that. Because people have been asking for it. Um, that's all we have time for. This week, I'm done. Me too. So, Tigers uh, get a win. Let's do this. Yeah, Tigers got a good win last week against uh, the boy. Solid, solid performance. And in let's, point. let's see how they go in uh, against the proper team. A team that's not coming fourteenth, uh, fifteenth, or sixteenth <laughs> on the ladder. Where are the Where are the Warriors coming? They're in the eight, right? I think so. Yeah. All right. I've got the ladder in front of me. You're, you, you guys are ninth. So if you're ninth, then that means the Warriors must be. Yeah, they've got to be way better than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you next week. See ya. Hey, Twill Nation. If you're into UFC, strike force, and mixed martial arts in general, make sure you listen to This Week in MMA. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TWIMMA.com. It's out every Friday morning. It's free. Get on it.